and welcome to episode 356 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, a place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he's the one that, if they remade Play Misty for me, he'd be the voice on the radio. It's Tony. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. (laughs) Anyone who's seen that, that (laughs) 1970s Clint Eastwood film will know that... um, Yes, Tony's... thank God they haven't, they haven't remade that. Have they? they no, re- yeah. no, thank Good. fuck for that. Yeah, I don't know how they could now, though. Could they? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, different thing in it. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do a remake of it on this show. But how do you maybe... stalk people, Vince? Just online now, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's just it's just exclusively online. But yeah. I use shell accounts anyway. This week <laughs> we're <Shell> also t- <laughs> we're joined oh, quite... by that it's not quite business. the old is it <laughs> the, 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 this week we're joined by the writer of such titles as the catalyst the little deaths of watson tower very fair and his latest is the spectacular and fun death of a necromancer yes he's been quite busy over the past couple of years <laughs> it's our pleasure to welcome nick bryan to the show hello hello hello, hello nick. nick now i um we've spoken to you a couple of times yeah you probably you know, loyal listeners will um i don't know why i said it like that like i was in intimidating people who aren't loyal listeners um um, some at some conventions and the thought bubble digital convention this is the first time that you've been on the show proper nick and uh i'm not going to say that you are a bad influence but the moment you turned up on our zoom call we just turned talking about a rude sexual practice (laughs) (laughs) just to be clear nick had nothing to do with it he literally turned up on the call you say that now it was not the first words i heard was a weird coincidence it was a weird coincidence that we used that phrase and suddenly appeared. Yeah. It's a bit like Candyman. Yeah. Like three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You definitely yeah. did. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's let's not let's not beat around the bush. If you say pegging three times, Nick appears. No, That's what happened. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Oh dear. I'm saying coincidence, so Nick, I'm on your side, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We're always on Nick's well, side because good, he's good on talk, Good talk, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the record. Yes, Nick's with us with the whole for the whole show to talk about comics, maybe some crowdfunding talk because uh, this is a dude who knows how to do it properly. And uh, also just joining on the madness. We've got a few things that were might talk some humble bundles as well. Oh, yes. Which, if you don't know what a humble bundle is, it's nothing. It's nothing rude. We will be talking we have, we've never we've nobody never really thought talked, it was until you said someone's, that <laughs> <laughs> do you think and it's now, when you say it's not rude that everyone immediately thinks of something rude what could rude. it be what could it yeah. be if it was rude I, thought, I did a humble bundle all over it I don't know what that oh. means <laughs> <laughs> someone crumbs some, someone came up to me and said I'd like to show you my humble bundle yeah it could be yes, anything exactly. it could be anything and she went that ain't so humble ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you who is I'm humble though. That's the lovely people at Comic House yeah, who are nice our work. sponsor, and <laughs> they love indie comics as much as the rest of us. And there are quite a few people uh, who have been on this show or will be on the show have books on the Comic House site. Um, there's a huge section of titles on the database. If you self-publish yourself, you can list your book on there. It's another avenue to get your work out there, as well as get your work on the app, which is uh, brilliant. They, they it went, had some technical issues for a couple of days. This mm. past week, weekend, wasn't it? At an issue yeah. on Saturday, yeah. is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think so. Um, but we're all cooking with gas, and I see there's nothing a whole... that affected us. No, no. Um, there's a whole um, load of when I logged back onto it, it seemed like there was stuff being added all the time, and there was a f- fresh load. Although to... I, Pete did message me saying this isn't a coincidence that you've recently put some of your filth on there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. 
Yeah, mm. you are a Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> Got one in my wallet. Oh, oh my god! Don't don't email us about that, folks. Um, but what? <laughs> but what? Um, please do, please do. What other uh, stuff of the, is there on at the moment, Dan? We've got the Wilder Shaw Volume One uh, Comic Scene Annual 2021. That's got a whole host of uh, artists and writers appearing in that one, including me. Who oh, nice! For, uh, Project Hoax Midnight Monster Hunter. Uh, uh, yeah, is that in there? Is it? That's in there. You've got History of Comics 1977 from uh, Comics Flix. We've got the Monsters Cleanup Guy issue one, which sounds interesting. I'm sure that's come across that before. The story synopsis says Terry works for the monster community. He's their cleanup guy, covering up their misdeeds in order to keep the monsters a secret. Terry only operates by two rules listen to the Lycan King's orders and don't kill any monsters. And finally, uh, last but not least, we've got Atomic Hercules. Atomic hey, Hercules goes really? to I reread that today. That's what caused it. Oh, you sent me a little laugh. It's yeah, absolute fucking that. joy just rereading that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Fred the Nonce character. I know he's popped up in a co- couple of comics, but. Yeah, that, that's kind of not just by me, by another couple of other people. Yeah, he's appeared yeah. in uh, Vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> Old that's FTN, good. we love FTN, yeah. don't we? God, so that's FTN, not <clears throat> NFTs. So yeah. enjoy oh, that. Yeah. And the synopsis for that is: uh, <laughs> never cheat at cards. It may cause you to get stabbed, die, and poo yourself. Not in that order. Written by Tony Esmond, artist by art by everything else by Adam Falp. You know when you're presented with that thing where it says write a little summary, you know, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, "What do I write?" I just wrote that. You know, yeah, sums it up. Doesn't it? Does the job. Yeah. <laughs> so you can read all that and more on Comic House. And yes. if you want a sticker of a man pulling himself, you can go to tributepress.com. Listen, don't wanna. jump in on this sponsorship <laughs> with your own <laughs> advertising. Disgraceful. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even. I'm not got... paying you. I haven't even gotten to the point where basically it's like oh, here we go. only three pounds a month and you get access <laughs> to all those comics and more, you know, and uh, <laughs> and you can go to uh, comichouse.com to find out more about the, the service, the site, and your 14-day free trial. So check it out today. See, I see you do it. Oh, you know I mean? fesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put the pro in the fesh. Oh. No, hang on, that's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, told you, I showed you two words on a comic earlier and it said the fish and all three of you thought it said fetish yes yes which which i think this is more about the design as opposed to yes your minds yes, your dirty yeah, minds yes yeah um i feel we may have to post this cover somewhere so that yeah listeners have context to what we're talking about because uh nick dan and myself all thought it said fetish <laughs> Antonio bought it, so I guess we just that put two and two together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't a uh, wasn't a crowdfunded book, was it, Tony? You just found it out was not. It? I don't think it was. No, it came with a free print. No, nah. it was quite expensive. It was ten pounds. I don't know why I bought it, but I did. What? Oh. I know. Yep. Oh my god. Anyway, God, I'm getting so. We'll grumpy. be talking about pricing soon. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> yeah. to your hands. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like I say, we're going to kick off. Um, we're going to kickstart this chat. I don't know. Thank you. No, Thank no. You. I'll be here all, all night. Please. Nick, are you still there? Stay, D- please. D- D- yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Still here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the sidekick character, Fred, Fred in Fred, in Death of an Equivalent, so he's not Fred the nonce. That's a different. Different. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh God. 
just every thread in every comic. I'd like to point out, nobody's ever asked me that, but the character is based on Bod. Do you remember Bod, the cartoon do, character? Yeah. God. That's that, who he's based on. But that's, what year is that from? 1932. <laughs> I don't know when it's from. 70s, 60s? Yeah, I think I don't 70s, know. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you need yeah. the one that, that spat at the screen and then wrote his name? Is that the one? No, no that was no, Pob. Pob. Yeah. Oh, okay. That spitting wasn't needed, was it? No. no. Spitting's no. never needed. My, well, I was in a, I was in a, a bar earlier with my son, and they had punk IPA. And my son thinks he's funny. He's quite funny. He said to the barman, he says, "What do you do? Serve that, then spit in it." <laughs> <laughs> what did he, probably, he probably did after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did the barman have a sense of humour? He smashed the glass. The glass. Yeah. Yeah. So what, mate? That's punk for you. Yeah, that's pretty punk. Oh, bloody hell, that's one hell of a Sunday roast. <laughs> oh, not the kind you like. What is happening? What's happening? Again, we've got a high-profile <laughs> Nick, guest next Nick's week. like, back on this, are we? Yeah. <laughs> we've got a high-profile guest next week, and we're just doing this again. We ruin yeah. it ourselves. <laughs> no, we are here. Right, let's get back onto the topic. <laughs> Although we haven't got a high-profile guest this week. Sorry, Nick. Apologies. <laughs> I was, I was listening to last week's episode, and then yeah, one of you was like, oh, we've got a high-profile guest next week. Then someone immediately corrected them and was like, no, 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 that's the week No. Yeah, it was <laughs> just yeah. I'm in you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Nick. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah we love you, fetish fans. Literally, if, if people are on the show, it's because we like them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but don't think that if you're not on the show, it's because we don't like you. I was going to say, that can be it might be. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to say. Maybe I'll, I'll edit this bit out. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> but let's uh, kickstart the chat once again. <laughs> nice. Yes. Done it again. Nice. Thanks, yeah. Twice in a show. Um, <laughs> no, because obviously um, crowdfunding is in a strange place, I would say. Um, considering, yeah, like, you, you think? You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you look back on, like, three years ago. And I know, um, Nick, you've been sort of crowdfunding your books for a couple of years you know have more you crowd- than that i'm gonna say nick how long yeah. you're uh, it's, i think it's a bit short of that the first one was october 2020 it was my oh, yeah, okay. it was late pandemic it okay. was um oh, okay. and, it, and it snowed my first one with lob amid that was your first was oh, it right okay. actually that's uh, my first one kickstarter i did we did the catalyst before that ah yeah. yeah so but over the past couple of years i know <clears throat> if you've listened to this show we've talked about kickstarters uh, a fair old bit and certainly um, the topic of Kickstarters has, has been very strange over the past couple of years. I am I will hold my hand up and I say I don't know everything about it because um, I go outside and I live my life. <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here we go. No, 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 I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I've got a girlfriend. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. No, what I mean is, is I am blissfully ignorant of a lot of details about things. But um, certainly, we've talked to many creators who have who know how to kickstart properly, and uh, I think Nick, you're you're one of them, aren't you? I mean, I think you you've just with this is one of the first times you've just finished the campaign for Death of a Necromancer, haven't you? Yeah, about a week ago. Yeah, week and a bit. Have you already recovered? received it though? Haven't we see that's that's how cool you are. Already had it through. Oh yeah, although obviously because I still have three more chapters to do before I've actually finished the comic due to the, the fact that this is you know the whole graphic novel huge scale thing okay mm. yes so um just a little bit of detail about that 
sort of comic and campaign what the because like you say we we've got a, a first chapter but how what was your plan for that kickstarter uh well i during the pandemic i wrote the whole a whole like 100 page story in one go and i was i don't know at first i was considering doing it one issue at a time in i i guess in the normal sort of kickstarter mini series way but i'd seen a few people do these sort of whole book <laughs> campaigns like i think I think you had was it Jason McNamara <clears throat> with Ghostbound? Yes, did something yeah. very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like like very similar. I basically using the same model as him. Also, a guy <laughs> I know from America, uh, Doug Wood, had a book called Ultramax on Kickstarter, which you might have seen, which yeah. was again the same setup, sort of no no print single issues, just like a PDF subscription type setup where you, we send okay. the PDFs through for each chapter, and then we just the only thing we print at the end is the book. What's the um, the one I backed from Keanu Reeves? He did that, didn't he? Berserker. Uh, Berserker. Berserker, that was the yeah. same. Yeah. I, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think you backed it from Keanu Reeves. I think other people <laughs> yeah. were doing the campaign. Is it, isn't it him speaking to me in emails every other day? No, 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 it's not. I think some people don't realise that, but I don't think he has anything to do with it. He had a conversation on the phone about it. I've heard him say that. Oh, okay. That counts, doesn't it? Fair yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, that launched the exact same day as my first Kickstarter. Right, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It really what felt was that like? It be a couple of runs down the ladder, that one. It, it was, <laughs> I mean, I got to do a lot of jokes about it on Twitter, but yeah, it was a bit weird. It was yeah, the same angle to you, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, yeah. People that, that launched their Kickstarter campaign and then Kickstarter coming out with that blockchain thing. There's our cheers. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah, because we were miles along with Necromancer by then. That was in, was it early December they announced that? And by then, Robert was drawing chapter two of Necromancer. And I had, you know, obviously, as people who are listening to this probably know, I'd already obviously chucked quite a lot of money towards getting the whole the whole thing more or less drawn, or most of the way drawn. And then they announced they were doing this, and I sort of... Uh, so what was your thought process around that, man? I mean, did you, did you waver and consider other platforms, or...? Did you know? a bit. I think... If I had been doing it as single issues, I think maybe I would have tried Zoop or something. I'm not sure. But mm. um, yeah, I think the, the scale of it just made that kind of hard. I think I, because like, this is the biggest target I've done by like some way. The previous one was Fairy Fair, which was like one and a half thousand, and this was yeah. 5,000. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of needed all the help I could get. I needed to have the slightly bigger ecosystem, the access to all my past backers, all that stuff. I just needed to. Yeah, I did think not using Kickstarter was really an option at that point. Yeah, that's an interesting point, man. So you, yeah. you're you using your previous Kickstarter, as a lot of people do, to mail out and say, by the way, I've got this new project sort of thing. Yeah, um, but I, I, don't, I don't actually know whether Kickstarter would care if I had done it on Zoop or whatever and had just mailed all my previous backers through those campaigns and said, hey, guys, come to my Zoop. I don't know. Well, if we've stopped. done it for a pre-order. Obviously, when we got cancelled, we got yeah. um, we got cancelled on Kickstarter for our project. They threw us off. The um, We used the previous kickstarters to mail people to say look for this pre-order mm. and it, yeah. we never got anything we never got anything bad about back yeah. from them about it yeah so i think I, I, don't, I don't think they keep an eye on it that much you know no. i think the thing with the pre-orders though um that that's that's beneficial to um a lot of the people who especially uh, if you're just a one-man band who's just creating this this comic and you're in control of of everything um but when like certainly when you're you're paying for like artists from across the world or, or things like that, you know, and sometimes a Kickstarter goes into it and the pre-order system um, sort of stops a lot of those creators. Like some people who just will say, I'm not using Kickstarter anymore. They will find it difficult to. Yeah. We our books. pre-orders were about um, two thirds <clears throat> of the number we got from Kickstarter. Mm. That makes sense because you're yeah. on an, you're on an open 
and uh, easy to view and lots of people just go to it and surf as opposed to actually following a link to a, a pre-order. You know? I mean, there's yeah. s- certainly times when I've backed stuff off of surfing alone, just yeah. gone, oh, mm-hmm. have a too, man. and then, oh, we go. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. I mean, sort yeah, of hope that some of these other platforms might come up to that. I mean, like like to yeah. mention Zoop again, if that actually takes off and becomes like a crowdfunding site just for comics, which actually has an audience cruising through it for comics, mm. then, you know, that, that's well, yeah. good. What, what I'm is, all with them, man. I'm, I'm into that competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. What, what is Zoop? Because I... I'm blissfully unaware. It's I, I is it zoop.com? It's zoop or zoop.gg or something. It's but yeah, it's basically a crowdfunding site which is just comics. Yeah, it's zoop.gg. I was like somehow. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's nothing but comics on it, and it's quite small at the moment because it's only been going. I think it, it had actually started a few months before the blockchain thing happened. Yes, but obviously that's they've right. I think they've tried to capitalize quite heavily on that and expand quite quickly to get people who want an alternative. Yeah. Gotcha. And like like Tony said, you know fundamentally some form of competition would be good it would be great if they could actually take off and succeed so yeah totally yeah, yeah yeah i mean have you considered did you consider at all using indiegogo um no i didn't i partly because i'm aware that a lot of people have even more against indiegogo than they do against kickstarter's blockchain thing just because of a lot of the comics that run it being slightly right wing and or perceived as being slightly right wing and partly because i find the whole you get the money whether you succeed or not thing quite weird yeah i like, find that i actually think that's a mis misapprehension about indiegogo because there's a lot else going on on there but i think there there are certain groups who are on there that um yeah but they, a lot of them do very successfully uh, yeah i mean I've, I've certainly seen fallbacks like oh my kickstarter didn't work and then an indiegogo pops up because they'll get the money yeah, if it doesn't yes. make it. And yeah, that, well, that there's kind of... certain people, certain people who run two, isn't there? They've run it yeah. for both the projects. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think because it's definitely a different audience. I was, I thought that was because, kind of, that was sort of, they they were made not welcome on Kickstarter, so they went to Indiegogo, and then this kind of division thing happened, which is always really helpful for us to yeah, have yeah. Another, two factions. I mean, two factions arguing. When when do we ever have that? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do us any real yeah. favors in comics. I don't think. Yeah. I think the thing that lets me down, I, and I've backed a couple of um, movie books and stuff on um, Indiegogo. You know, there's like a, a Kung Fu movie poster book I'm still waiting for, et cetera. But the, the the reason I don't access it as much as I access Kickstarter, for example, is because I don't have an app. I actually yeah. find the app on Kickstarter much more useful. So, you know, if you're sitting sitting there doing the morning business, you can never scroll through and see what the projects are on there, you know. But is that is that also, like, useful as someone who has a Kickstarter campaign? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, because you know? I haven't got the Kickstarter app. I literally, I'll browse it sometimes, like on the the browser link on my off phone. Twitter yeah, or something. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And that usually ends up to me thinking, "Oh, what are the rewards?" Oh, no, that's too much. I can't. The dark side of having an app also is that when you're running a Kickstarter, you check it every forty-five seconds. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you don't need the app. I never installed the app, and I did that anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, it became very much a first thing in the morning, last thing at night thing. It was. Incredibly you control unhealthy. yourself you didn't yeah. oh, okay that's yeah, quite yeah. Good. yeah how has yeah. that changed from how has your experience changed from your first the, the first time you did a kickstarter to this one you've just finished did that lessen were, were you we did you feel more comfortable with it just to um, <laughs> it lessens a lot between my first and second ones i think i think i was a lot less uptight during my second one which was a similarish target for another single issue yeah. i think this one being a lot bigger uh, was did sort of bring a lot of those feelings bloody yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I mean the thing is the, the sort of the graph of it I mean I'm I don't know I'm not going to 
go into my exciting statistics too much, but the a lot of Kickstarter campaigns, the sort of generic way a lot of people talk about them is there's a spike, there's a long, quite flat bit, yeah. and then there's another spike. Yeah. And this yep. one on my graph, or if you go to what is it, kicktrack.com, you can see the graph there. Mine was there was a, there was a bit a bit of a spike, and then it sort of climbed very slowly and steadily. I think I went for went from I got just over one thousand on the first day, and then it sort of crawled up to four thousand over the course of the month before That's having good. another massive That's jump fair. in the last few days. That's fantastic. I mean, I can send when you you, you bring up that term. Some people was like, "Well, I'm going to have to do a uh, short campaign because if it dies during the middle and all the money's made at the beginning and the end, rather than have a month, I do two weeks and yeah, I'll I know still get um, the same money." And John does that. John Tucker does two weeks, doesn't he? I know. Like we did a two week on ours. I'd say as well. The thing is, because you're a buddy of ours, Nick, and we were on the Slack, and we, you know, and we 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 really desperately wanted yours to succeed. I do look at my friends' ones as well. You know, my buddies yeah. to see how they're doing. And yeah. I do, I do. I'm I'm guilty of seeing that because I know you had a little bit of an not too bad because you made a lot of money on yours and very successful. But you had a little bit of a nail biter in the last. I'm going to say ten days, maybe something like that. Is that right? Memory, something like that. We we there's a couple of points where it seemed to stall out around like. 2000 3000 which i think right. was just the worst part i i think from about a week before the end it seemed pretty inevitable we get there somehow and but yeah. yeah it it was just this sort of like i say it was this slow steady crawl upwards and i was a bit sort of okay this is going the right way and if it keeps going this way then i'll be fine but jesus christ if it stops for longer than about two days i'm <laughs> yeah, I get suddenly yeah, in trouble, yeah. which the didn't thing really is, like, with the refreshing. I mean, if you'd have got to the point, you know, with four hours to go, whether you were where you were a couple of hundred quid off it, you'd have put a couple hundred quid in yourself, surely, wouldn't you? Is that that's surely the way it works, isn't it? Because you get hear me? 180, um, 180 quid back, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think to circumvent Kickstarter, you'd have to get one of your friends to stooge it in or something. But yeah, I'm yeah. sure people must do that. Surely. You see that happening yeah. all the time. Yeah. I saw one recently for a convention and that was like going nowhere and needed a thousand pounds. And then within the last four hours, suddenly it was 20 pounds over the top, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to, I really need some actual money to do a whole mini series. So I guess you have to just weigh up <laughs> what point it's actually <laughs> worth doing. That. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, once you get, if it's once not, get... is it selling or is it not selling? Is the question I suppose you got to ask yourself. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think once it got over about halfway, which was indeed about halfway through the campaign, you sort of yeah. have to sort of think, okay, I really want, I really hope this gets to the end now. Cause I really don't want to have to do all this again. Mm, yeah, know, scratch from zero. Yeah, yeah I get you. And yeah. there's there's obviously um, there's lots of factors to doing any sort of crowdfunding campaign, but I th- I think probably now more than ever, um, especially now that everyone's sort of looking at costs, you know, living costs or etc. Yeah. Are, are yeah. up. So it's it's very much uh, value for money. Um, it's something that's always come up on this show, as well yeah. it sh- bloody well should when it comes to comics. Hmm. Um, because it's rare. <laughs> and Yeah. But also, value for money with uh, a comics Kickstarter, for me, doesn't just come in in just the product itself. I think there is also like a nature of um, the communication um, with, the, with the audience, with the buyers. Um, and... I, what I like about, like for instance, this this model that that you've picked up, Nick, is like the the overall project is like an it's an OGN, it's it's a graphic novel, isn't it? It's, it's like it's like a collection, but you're yeah. you're doing this as you you uh, mentioned earlier, like a sort kind of like a subscription where the, the people that back it will get the three the chapters for one want of a better term of this book, 
whilst you know so you're still delivering something to them as soon as possible rather than thanks for your money and then everything goes dark for six months yeah well yeah i mean like i said this is the first time i've had to actually you know go away and make something after the campaign finished rather than just finishing (laughs) it all beforehand yeah waiting till the campaign finishes and then immediately flush it stays out but you very wisely had the first third ready to go didn't you i'm guessing is that right yeah, the, the first chapter, the first quarter, yeah, was ready to quarter. go when it, okay, right, yeah. as soon as it finished. Yeah, partly so I had something to send to like reviewers during the campaign, and partly just because, yeah, I like to be able to send people something as soon as we finished, just for you know the reassurance. It, I think comics, especially, is a very hard sell to do a Kickstarter thing on it, and you've got nothing to show. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like if you, uh, this, the can't, we're going to make this once you're it's done. You try and get at least four pages to show. Oh, mate, at so, least. I mean, yeah. I think we're more canny now. Do you remember a lot of the projects early <clears> on? Well, look, these are the designs of the characters we're going to be putting in our story. We saw quite a lot of that to start with. Yes. Didn't we? And yeah. I'm always a bit suspicious of that now. To, you know, once bitten, twice shy around that sort of thing, I think. Yeah, but I have a lot of, like, financial sympathy, I guess, for people who can't <laughs> yeah. afford to yeah, make yeah. the entire comic before the Kickstarter starts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, just definitely. about can, but, well, I could for it with single issues. I couldn't for this, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it can be expensive yeah. i mean like it's yeah. real, real expensive i i was kind of bemoaned well, i asked on twitter like has anyone got any tips and one of the things that is like don't overprice that first comp of your comic on the pdf because yeah. some campaigns i've looked at and it's like it, they've asked for like ten dollars for like a 21 page comic and it's like i know this the, 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 the production costs might be behind this but passing that amount onto the uh reader or, or purchaser or consumer it's just not viable yeah if it's not worth it and you can't charge that much it's a piss take and i know people say well you know you can't put a price on art you can you can put a price on comics yeah yeah but i I felt a bit weird about charging 10 pounds for the like pdf subscription but you know at least that's for a whole mini series i guess yeah yeah that's that's fine and that's 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 2.50 an issue that's 2.50 an issue yeah that's that's a standard that's a standard price yeah i mean that's not you know certainly we like we say the five pound for like uh we, I think there's a lot of us who have probably been stung by getting, I'll get the digital one, £5 a little bit pricey, but I'll do it. And then when you get the, the PDF, you're like, what? £5 for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I that think... age old, like, how, how long does it take to read it? And when you blast through it, you're like, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did that little experiment recently, didn't we? And it's, it's not a long, is it? You know, when you get the, the money you're getting for your experience, yeah. you know, the yeah. cost for your experience. Yeah. Um, but, but thankfully, with Nick's book, there's plenty of story. In just chapter one, um, and I yes. didn't notice, yeah, I didn't it's not a short read, yours. No. Yeah, um, I did notice in, in Kickstarter as well. Like, I, I always wonder how this works. So, for someone who knows nothing, which as always is me, um, once the Kickstarter's finished, like where you would have when a when the campaign finishes, instead of where it sort of say you know campaign is over or fully funded, there's a little button that says buy chapter one in PDF now. Yeah. So it almost works as like a, a mini shop for you. Is that how that kind of works as well? If people, for instance, people who listen to this who missed out on the campaign, can is that a to... new thing with them? I, I, I've been able to do it for the last campaign or two, but right, yeah, I okay. think it's relatively new. You can sort of edit the text on your campaign after it's finished and add those little uh, buttons. Oh right, that's good. That's good because I know that's one of the things that Indiegogo has always had over Kickstarter, isn't they? Because it, it remains as a store for a certain amount. Yes, of time. you can go yes. back and get yeah. it if you missed out on the campaign. And there's tons of times when I've either forgotten to do something or seen something too late. You know, oh shit, yeah. I should have fucking yeah. got yeah. in on that. Yeah. So that that must be a really useful tool 
as well, Nick, because like when the campaign's obviously finished, the books of the work is still churning ahead. But at the same time, like a, a creator can't forget about selling the book. You know what I mean? Mm. And to have that sort of like link to be able to sort of say, oh, this this book, you can buy chapter one here. You can, there's there's still something for you to direct people to. Um, is that something you're planning to do as well? Like still, because you've still got to market the campaign. I think sometimes people forget about this when they have a Kickstarter campaign. They think, for the month, I'm just going to sell it, sell it, sell it. And then once it's done, they just don't talk about the comic anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, issues two, three, and four are going to be... Yeah, I'll probably send them out to the backers and give them about a week or two of, you know, sweet exclusivity. Yeah. Then... <laughs> oh, sweet Oh, I like that oh, phrase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> one of my big bugbears. I wrote a list of things, do's and don'ts, when I knew we were going to talk about this. My one is sending it out to the backers first. And we see that. So we still see that. You know, the moans that have gone over the years about it being available in previews or it being on the shelf in the comic shop long before the backers have received it. Mm. That still does get my my yeah. back up. If I think if it gets done to me by a person once, I won't back them again. Yeah, yeah. You know. That happens with a, a few more publishers. Whenever publishers step into this, yeah, this sort of crowdfunding, yeah. it started with, with that Scott Snyder. Is it Nocturna? That book. Yeah. The um, issue yeah, the three was on. If it, yeah. yeah, if issue three was on the shelves before my my issue arrived. First I think issue. The, the most famous one that I can think of recently is that Maddie one. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a bad one. It the dirtbag yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that really kind of. That basically they just kind of like scolded the people who had backed the book, saying like, "Don't worry about it." And it's like, "Well, they got a right to worry. They fucking backed the fucking yeah. thing." Yeah, it's a real, it's a real difficult situation for creators as well, isn't it? Especially if you've got other people handling your Kickstarter. Yeah, well, that does come onto that falls onto the creator ultimately because they picked those people to do that job for them. Yeah, Would you say that. I know that's a controversial no, opinion. No, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think in some, yeah, it's totally. You bad. make sure it's done right. Yeah, if, you're, if it's but, your project, you make sure it's done right. That's but sometimes, sometimes publishers may be like, "Oh, we're going to do this on Kickstarter to, to a creator," and, the, and it's not necessarily yeah. in the creator's hands. You know, there's probably one I agree. Or two, yeah, 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 yeah. So the publisher needs to. There has there is a level of responsibility to a Kickstarter. I think perhaps sort of the learning point of that is if it does happen, don't then go on and slag people off on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I try not to look at the, the Kickstarter stuff as like a pre-order for a product. So like sometimes it might not work out and I'm I'm putting some money into an endeavor that might not. I mean, you've got big warnings on it now before you. Yeah, that's yeah, been added in the last edge. year or so. Isn't I, it? I, I, I think sometimes though, with a lot of creators and like Nick, Nick, with your past projects, like the comics were pretty much done, weren't they? So uh, this is a bigger project. So naturally um there's you know it's it's a longer project to work on but in the past you've had you you funded it and then fairly soon the book is in people's hands isn't it it's it's already done is that how you've worked before the previous two yeah it was a single issue and it was entirely finished before i started the kickstarter so i just the only thing i was waiting on really was the uh, yeah for it to fund and to know how many copies i needed to print and then that's what we've done the other thing we've done is we've had an eye already so we have a conversation me and adam before we press go to say, look, we're expecting possibly two stretch goals, so let's we've got this ready to go, and we can do this, you know. So I think that's also a thing, not just having the comic ready, but having an expectation or a possible guess at how far you're going to go in relation to funding and whether you need to do any yeah. stretch goal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how about this um, for for a question? Though? And we'll start off with Nick because talking about the amount of copies you need to print, I think that's very that's very interesting um, because well, if you're if you're printing this book 
I, okay, devil's advocate. I'm just going to step away. Like instead of it, I'm just going to ask the question: Should you look at this project as a Kickstarter project to be like, I'm going to print this book for the people that back it, or should you be like, there's that, but I also want a decent stock to take to my convention tables? Yeah, that's the problem, it's, isn't it? It's the second yeah. one, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, I did the second one. Yeah. So, but with that, but with that. You have to be responsible to your backers first, haven't you? Yeah, you've yes. got to have a buffer amount in there, haven't they? We've seen yeah, this yeah. recently, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do you figure that out? You know, because whenever I, you know, I look at Kickstarter, I think God, God bless you all who have done it, and I'm talking to everyone that's on this podcast with me right now because everyone else has done one. But it's like, how do you figure out? Okay, here, here's what what we want to comfortably make this book as best as it can be, but to have how how many copies do you look at having for for future shows? Uh, with, with yeah, it, I mean, it depends. You, it's, you've yeah. got to go by by what you're doing at the time and what shows yeah. are coming up and stuff, and what's the likelihood of you know selling more. You know, I think we we tend to we'll print a load, we'll have enough to do the next couple of shows, we'll have enough for the postage, and we'll have a buffer amount. You know, in case postage goes up, what a strange coincidence that might be. You know, because it goes up all the time. That's at the moment. year on year. Like yeah, it goes up yeah, yeah. You got to be prepared for that, and then the rest. Because I don't make any money out of our Kickstarters, the rest goes to Adam for drawing it, and that's how yeah. it works with us. You know. Yeah. How, do, how does yeah. it work for you, Nick? I think the last couple I've printed about twice as many as I need to fund the Kickstarter in the hope that'll keep me going at conventions for yeah. a while. And because you usually when you're talking about printing, you know, more copies means a lower price per copy. So yeah, yeah. it's usually worth it in the end. I usually talk to my printer who's. Rich from CPUK, and it usually uh, works yeah. out better that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the more the more you print, the the lower the unit cost will be. Yeah. So you kind of, to be fair, when you're doing a Kickstarter, you get to the end of the the the, the campaign, you you find out how much you how many comics you've got to send out. You can get a rough idea on, on shipping by you work out roughly because you you're going to have got to that point you've worked out shipping for the uk there might be a couple of stragglers that are overseas which are fucking a lot of money but you should have a rough idea of how much you're going to be able to order but still cover your bases so all your backers are, are sorted yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've got you've also got to keep money back because for, say for example you post something to america and it goes missing yeah, what do you got, do then you got, to say, you got oh, we we resend you know yeah i'll just resend immediately yeah 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 mm. I mean, if the same person loses it three times or something, I might start to get a bit. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. Bit, hmm. it's called the FBI. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah. so far I just I just resend. It's never yeah, been a problem. It's the nice thing to do, man, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. yeah. Well, you, yeah, you risk kind of losing that that reader mm. uh, if not like yeah. someone who back it again and over what and like it's I think not, not like their fault. It's... We're not looking to be millionaires. I'm I'm sure I speak for you as well, Nick. You know, we're yeah. not. You know, we this is we're partly we're mostly into this because we enjoy it. You know, really looking to and make keeping comics. those people liking people to enjoy yeah. our comics and like to keep them on board and come for yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people good. listening could probably, you know, I, I my target for a whole mini series, which is like a mini series with a writer, an artist, a colorist, and a letterer. I my target was five grand. It may, yeah, if you know much about comic economics, it costs more than five grand to make that mini series. I'm, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very much yeah. doing this for the love of it. Yeah, um, exactly. The five grand is just to make it, you know, vaguely viable and possible. It I doesn't mean, hurt too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Fortunately for me, like I, I can do the the writer art, but like if you're the writer and you're hiring a, a comic artist, that can be fucking expensive. Yeah, I mean, really I'm expensive. I'm doing one at the moment. I mean, you, Vince and Dan are involved in it, and it's um, I'm going to make a loss on it. 
but right. I'm just doing it because I really like the process, yeah. and you know, we're having a real laugh doing it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. and we can't we can't uh, talk about this Kickstarter without talking about the great work of Robert Ahmed. Um, yeah, yeah. Who's just yes. a, he's, he's really improving as well, man. I think he's re- you know you can see him with every comic we see from him. Love his work. Really yeah. Love his work. Yeah. Um, how did you um come come about sort of working with him originally? Because you work you worked a couple of times now, haven't you? Well, up to a few times now. He's one of the first artists I worked with back in twenty seventeen. We I found him on the Miller World forum back when that existed. Hey, uh, oh, they, okay. There was a, the Middle World Forum had a creative corner forum or something where artists would post their work and often post some of their pages and say they were looking to do comics. And I found Rob's stuff there and got in touch. And yeah, we did a four page Christmas short story, which people can read on my website if they want. It's Rob is always very self effacing about his earlier work. And obviously, like you say, he's come a long way. I still think the early stuff's pretty good though. Yeah, I think it's yeah. good. Yeah, 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 it's good quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people yeah, we, that, yeah, people that are self-effacing about their work normally look at it and go, "Jesus Christ, I wish I could do this." Also, the sort of people we like. To be yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, but yeah, but no, Rob's great. Yeah, his his work is very sort of maximum effective, minimum line. You know, he's very, he does a lot. Yes, with there's a J Bone quality yeah. to him, isn't there? I think. Yeah, yeah, Darwin yeah. Cookish sort of that corner of the world. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, which really um, brings to mind like th- there's a wonderful sort of almost an archy quality to death of necromancer we said that we all said this earlier yeah. just all agreed didn't we especially around jughead's hat yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and there's especially like that when archie sort of came back and you had like the supernatural elements which gave gave the archie comics another life um there were certain moments of that especially with the colors as well well lovely. can you remember where archie used to work on the saturday he worked in a department store can you remember the name of it Oh God! Is um, it? A fun- uh, 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 this is a funny name, isn't it? He worked in Bumleys. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Bumleys. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> Do you remember I said you a panel? Just I'm off to Bumleys. I'm off to Bumleys. <laughs> Lovely. What what yeah. work experience job that is? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. After we did, and it snowed. Rob said he wanted to do something kind of. With bumblies. In- no, no. Something, <laughs> yeah. something, something we could connect to bums in two steps or less. Yes, that's what <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you wanted to do something in the sort of Tim Burton spooky area. Uh, yeah. The sort of soft, yeah. fun, fun goth type stuff. So yeah, I was, okay. that was the conversation we had after we finished And It Snowed and that sort of snowballed into this. I mean, I think it speaks volumes that um, when you have uh, creators returning to work together, that, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? I think um, yeah, it's nice to work regularly with people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially on sort of different projects. Um, but like you say, like he's hard at work with the next next issue. And this, like, this is how many pages is this book going to be in total? Um, the first, yeah, it's 114 in the end. I think they're mostly 28 page chapters. Oh, I've I've ordered myself a couple of extra pages for the the final chapter, which I just sent through to Rob today. Oh, cool. Where's Rob? Where does Rob live? Do do you, do you meet up regularly or? Um, no, I think he lives in Windsor at the moment, possibly. I think he's moved okay. a few times. But yeah, but we've never actually met. He doesn't really seem to do the convention scene much. We just DM okay. a lot. Yeah, okay. yeah. I see him yeah. on Twitter and stuff, chatting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously this is going to be a, a decent sized and, and glorious looking book. Um, so in terms of back to like stock, for want of a better word, uh, getting into the real business terms of everything now. Yeah. Um, h- how is that? Is that any different for like a graphic novel than it would be a, another issue? Because the prices are very different, aren't they? Like prices are very different. Well, yeah. Like again, I was talking to Comic Printing UK, and obviously they've given me a quote for printing, but 
we're not going to be printing till like October, November. So fingers crossed, paper prices remain. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. Isn't it? That's a big thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Paper price and postage price exploding by October, November would make my life harder. Mm. But do you think um, that maybe people should should think of a buffer for that? But if they, if yeah, they plan, but yeah. if they plan a buffer, then that pushes that price of a current Kickstarter up. But there's, there's a buffer in there. I'm just, yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll stay within it. There's that yeah. strategy is as well. Like, like you, you put your, say, say you needed a thousand pounds to make your Kickstarter uh, viable for yourself, but then you put your goal at uh, 50 pounds and then you get your 50 pounds and it's like in the first six hours, you say hundred percent, we've done it. And that hundred yeah. percent kind of gets people to think, oh, well, it's, it's, it. yeah, yeah. It's, it's made its money. It must be successful, popular. I'll put my money in because I'm going to get that comment because everyone else is. It's all yeah, 100%. if you need a, if you need twelve hundred quid, you put your total at a thousand or something. Yeah, even, even so that. It, yeah, it yeah, can be a gamble, you. like doing that. But obviously, uh, you can get some nice payoffs. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting. Like one thing I would say is like when I did mine, I had it ending in end of November, and I had to get it in the post for December and doing it near the end of the year is risky because obviously the, the prices will go up. Everything changes over the new year. So if you, for whatever reason, there's a technical problem, whatever, and it drifts over to January, you can fuck yourself over very easily by uh, or the budget would just get eaten up through kind of printing costs, shipping uh, just over that new year period. So kind of having one finishing at the end of the year, can be a, a risky proposition i would uh, put forward yeah okay that's a good point yeah mm. i don't like people don't seem to kickstart that much in the sort of holiday period no. between like december january maybe february like yeah. it seems to absolutely erupt kickstarter wise at the well, start I've of also, like, march yeah. i've also yeah. heard people say well it's quiet do i then become the only thing on kickstarter of this type you know I've heard people. You can. There are these all these theories about taking a gamble at certain quiet times as well, isn't there? You know. Well, also the past couple of years has been an absolute fucking rocky road for. Uh, when should I yeah. <laughs> do my Kickstarter? Because when hasn't there been a month where something's fucking apocalyptic happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But at, at any minute, Keanu Reeves could turn <clears throat> up or a war Because we uh, did our El Marvo issue two right at the start of the pandemic, as in. Oh yeah, where, where the fuck where the fuck's this going? And we didn't yeah. know we was going to go into lockdown. We didn't know if they'd have jobs or yeah. No, that's it, so yeah. Every, that absolutely floundered because it was just so such bad timing. But then we redid it. And we did it a couple of months later, and it was it was fine. But yeah. I think once once lockdown settled, I mean, only speaking from personally, I've spent more on comics than I had before. Fuck lockdown. me, yeah, I, yeah. I was oh, packing yeah. stuff, buying stuff of mine. But it was just that yeah. initial wobble. The uncertainty is a real kind of killer. Yeah. Because people yeah. are just like, well, I'm going to hang on to my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the main reason Death of a Necromancer ended up being so long is because I had, you know, a bit of money saved from the pandemic. If I was, uh, okay. if there had been no pandemic, we'd probably be doing this one issue at a time, to be honest. Yeah, uh, okay. okay. Uh, I have seen that mod on Kickstarter before. I backed a series called Bloom, which I really, really enjoyed, and I was almost like desperately waiting for the next Kickstarter to arrive. Hmm. Yeah, because. It's different. I think the, the problem with having a monthly comic is it's a monthly comic, isn't it? If you're running a monthly yeah. comic on Kickstarter, it's not a monthly comic, is it? It's a twice yearly comic. Or something. Yeah, that's why yeah. I feel like kind of the Kickstarter. Would you say the Kickstarter is better for a kind of a one and done kind of deal or a kind of? I feel a, it is a, as a opposed to. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, as opposed to an ongoing story that because you kind of forget about stuff, don't you? you to be fair though, you got stuff like that uh, came in America, which is an ongoing story that just goes from 
strength to strength. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions okay. to every, every rule. Yeah, yeah, but that fucking just seems to be going, picking up momentum as it goes. So, well, with comics as well, <clears> you you have the law of diminishing returns, don't you? You, uh, you know, the yeah. your first your first issue is always the big seller. That's the one you've always got to print more of. I mean, I think with Marvel and DC, you get like a fifty percent drop off for yeah. titles, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to do issue two of Fairy Fair at some point this year. I'm going to be interested to see how that goes. Uh, okay, yeah, but yeah. Ha- but with like past sort of experiences with an issue two, how how are you looking like to this future? Pro- I know it's hard to sort of look at it right now when you're in the trenches with Death of the Necromancer and the com- the campaign's just finished. But at what point will you sort of sit down and go, right, let's look at the next campaign? Because some people just, they seem to have campaigns after campaigns after campaigns, like one after the other. I don't know how they do it. Um, what's your sort of method of thinking for how you might handle this? A lot of the time it's just me and a calendar, really. I mean, like the idea, <laughs> ideally would be, to, idea, ideally, yes, would be to have this for like Fort Bubble. So if I want to have them both done for Fort Bubble, I probably need to start very fair in like, mid late summer at the latest something like that and i've i'll you know I'll, I'll, once i decide that i just kind of you know force myself through it yeah yeah so yeah thought bubbles quite a good like a lot that's of people... when the old printers go nuts don't they before yeah, that yeah, there's always so yeah, much yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of people and i noticed uh, like on this one you've got like you know october november this oh yeah year. That, that's a thought bubble deadline yeah, yeah. That, 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 the hope is to get the books in time to post out all the kickstarter rewards because as, as tony said i would like to have them with the backers before i take a massive pile of them to thought bubble yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. time to then take them to thought bubble. yeah but i i think you kind of you always want to deliver to the backers first don't you so just just yeah. say the stock has come in um just before thought bubble right you've already you've you've got all your books and um you've surely when it comes to your back you put the backers copies aside well, unless yeah. someone's unless someone's going to pick it up on uh, the, on the day you should never tuck just take from the stock because if one backer doesn't get their book or is still waiting for their book and they find out that you've been selling <laughs> normal yeah. stock that comes back to bite doesn't it it's I can't. I, mean, I, think, I don't think there'd be any risk of me selling a copy, but a backer later needed. Whether, yeah, the point I, I of, guess, yeah, go on, Nick. yeah. Like the point, like the point of like, if you're saying whether I would, you know, not sell them at Fort Bubble if I didn't have time to send them to the backers first because yeah. they arrived, oh, I don't know, the, I, no. the day before or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I think it's it's more like don't sell the copies that are meant for backers. Um, oh yeah, we've seen that recently. Haven't we? We've seen where someone can't afford the post, so they're actually selling the backer copies have to, to pay for money to pay for the post yeah, for the reprint have, of yeah. It's all yeah, they've got to make their money back to to make the postage on people who've already paid for it. It becomes is, a circular nightmare, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, you kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul there. Mm. It's uh, uh, it's a funny one, but like you can always do like if, say I saw that coming down the line. I was like, oh fuck, I'm, I might be in a bit of trouble here. I would be like, oh, if you get pick it up from Thought Bubble you kind of uh, refund your postage or you get an extra special or something or do you yeah. know what I mean? Try and try and spin it a bit. So you, you get people who do it. hand them out. They ask if you're going to be at a convention and they hand them over. Yeah. And I kind of, sometimes I'm absolutely fine with that. I've got no problem with it. And sometimes yeah. I think that's a bit cheeky. Well, I guess yeah. it if it's, if it's like, Oh, this will cost me four quid to send it to you. But if you're being a thought bubble, I'll just give it to you. And that saves you four quid. Yeah, whatever. yeah. There's been a tier with yeah, no postage for just collecting a thought bubble. Yeah, yeah, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
I w- yeah, I wouldn't charge someone a fucking postage and then you come pick it up by hand. That's a bit cheeky. Yeah, that's four quid in my pocket. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. If, can you actually do that, like a no postage tier? Or, yeah, I think so. I think so. It'd be set up the same as like a digital tier, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Those, so you could possibly... Those, if, if you like me, give me a pound. I hate those ones. Uh, one thing I really don't like is the fact that that's when I did Viper last time, I couldn't get rid of that. It was yeah, like, it's, it was almost a set one, isn't it? Yeah, it's it was like, like oh, just back yeah. this because you feel back like back because back you believe in it or whatever. It is. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. I don't like the like. <laughs> we this is years old advice, but it was Ryan K. Lindsay who said that first tier is the most important one, and don't put oh just give me money just because you like yeah. me. It should be like the comic front and center. And now that's that option to have that is taken away. Like someone's made that arbitrary decision that that first one's just a begging tier. Where it's yeah, just... yeah, it's like the, oh, if you like me, buy me a coffee. I'll fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Just, I, I, that's people talking to him in real life as well. Yeah. <laughs> I saw one today that was on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, I just need some money. It's like, what for? Yeah. Can you, can you just say, like, I've, my leg's fallen off or something. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is your leg fallen off, Dan? No, no. I mean, you see that people make the most of their fans. So that you see the people taking advice. There's that yeah. famous creator who keeps having GoFundMes because they can't pay the rent. You know? I mean, you're in a fucking serious... You're in serious trouble if you've got to do a GoFundMe every month to make your rent. You've got to <laughs> yeah, make, make moves. Maybe. A, lot of, a lot of Patreons are basically just back this creator to, because you like their work. You know, a lot, I mean, there's... The, the vague idea of some sort of reward sometimes, but you're not always paying for something that specific. Yeah, well, yeah I think you're paying, for example, the kid, you know, there's some that do podcasts, you know, if you, and I think Gareth said it last week, you know, if he, if he's getting that content from people who make podcasts and he doesn't mind sticking, you know, a couple of dollars yeah, in a, couple of in a, in a yeah. Patreon, but I think it's just like, oh, uh, can you, you already buy my overpriced comics, you know, can you pay my rent as well? You're like, okay. Yeah, Patreon, you know. yeah, Patreon's um, definitely more of a, uh, I don't want to say. Uh, well, I'm going to say. It. Well, it's patronage. Is what it's based yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're being paid to create, to create stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing also about the the Kickstarter and the Indiegogo is the fact that you're able to get your comic out to an audience that you never would have the chance to interact with otherwise. Yeah. From being on that site, I had lo- most of my sales with the people I'd, I'd never interacted with before. That's and the most just, important thing I, yeah. I think about it compared to just selling comics like we used to. Yeah, I think you know beyond like the raising the money, it's the it's the, it's the getting your voice, getting your comic seen elsewhere. Yeah, you know, I think it's the whole... shop. It's a shop essentially, isn't it? On a shelf, you, you're yeah. a creator, and you, you go on and say, right, here's my comic about the color red. And it was like, oh, that's a good comic. I'd go for that. And then you do a next comic. Oh, this comic's about the color green or something. You know, you know what I mean. This is a different, yeah, totally different comic. But they know you've got a proven track record of delivering yeah, that comic. That you, they like what you put out, and so they're going to go for that again. And they know it's a one-off standalone then you can just keep punching these comics out and i mean is that something you guys do when you go to back something from someone who isn't because i mean to be fair most of the people we back are people we know at the moment at this point yeah. aren't they? I, I, yeah I, but I, if you're backing something from someone you don't know do you go and look at oh you obviously look at what the comic's about and you read the comics but do you go and look at their previous campaigns that will be a deciding factor i, I, I haven't yeah. so much before but i i may do more in the future but then again, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not necessarily backing anonymously, a lot of the times yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, Nick, how have you found it with like obviously because you've done a, a couple of Kickstarters, so there's there's a couple of people that there's a few people that have probably return sort of customers for want of a better term, yeah. um, who know that you will deliver. Um, how has that filtered through to a a bigger campaign like this? 
Have you seen those those people come back once again? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think kind of pleasingly, it's been a larger number of sort of people I don't really know or people I think have found me through Kickstarter because the very first one, the um, and it's snowed one, the percentage of people I've I know from my my real life, my non comics life, my yeah outside the house life is was was a lot higher. There was a lot of more people who were backing it because they knew me and because I was doing this exciting new thing that I hadn't done before. And yeah. by the third Kickstarter, those people have kind of got into a bit of a sort of oh Nick's doing that again stage where I don't feel <laughs> as obligated to back me. And thankfully, yeah, people I don't know from Kickstarter have turned up to replace them. That's the good. That's the triumph is when you're selling to a comic to someone you don't know isn't it that's the real i don't know if it, uh, perhaps i mean it quite like this but i kind of feel like that's a proper sale yeah oh you know, God, yeah. when it's not your mum <laughs> you know yeah. yeah yeah and also the new reader is almost the most important reader if you, if you yeah. think about it like that because mm. you know you win them over with that book We're, we've all been victims to it we've been won over by books and now we follow creators because of it yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's what yeah. this show's based on mate. You know, oh, really yeah. you know the amount of things we've seen over the years yeah. Yeah. going back to that thing about the <clears throat> seeing what they've done before or what, what their track record is especially on Kickstarter when I've read a synopsis for a comic and I was like this seems quite wild like there, there doesn't seem to be a, a discipline in what they've they're promising and promoting here do you know what I mean like yeah. they start saying oh this comic's going to be the best fucking thing since I spread Adam or shitting himself about this. Then you think, well, this seems a bit fucking much. So you check their record and it's like zero backed, and this is the first one they've made. And it's like, mm, yeah, not sure about that. Yeah. I'm also very shy of following anyone that has um, the name of their project, their Kickstarter in the title of their Twitter page. Well, Nick to the Twitter account. Yeah. Although, do you mean in their like their nickname, or do you mean no? I mean they've actually called at Nickfobook or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean they've created a Twitter account just for their Kickstarter. Yeah, we get that. We get a lot of follows from those those accounts. Nick, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it's just straight promotion. Yeah, yeah. I sort of I never did that because I was always a bit unclear who would actually follow that surely using my account which has people i who already know me is going to be where most of the interest is i mean yeah yeah everything would be repeated on your account anyway i'm guessing i mean you can rebrand your account so easily on twitter or or most social media accounts you just kind of change the 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 picture and something and the description and away you go it's not really too much i think sometimes you've got to be careful with that though haven't you like for instance just say you've got your standard profile picture the importance of of just having one profile picture um and a lot of it everyone's got like short attention span haven't they so they're just scrolling through if you change your profile picture um before this campaign just say it's the cover of the book for that campaign people might not think it's you if they're not reading yeah i mean they'll just scroll past it We'd, I have seen, um, or perhaps more in my day job than um, this world, I've seen a lot of people who um, scrub their Twitter, Twitter timelines, change the name of their account and the profile just to promote a new product. So they retain the amount of followers. Um, and you, you, if an outsider would look at this, well, why has this account got 6,000 followers? It's not done any tweets. And it's, you know, support read the comic, you know. And it's because they've scrubbed their timeline Hold, on, hold on, guys. This is the second time we've mentioned the comic about the color red. Are we are we brainstorming now? <laughs> yeah, this is a new one. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's after that movie that's about something, isn't that called a red thing or something? Yeah, that was the the, the Bruce Willis one, but it was oh, well, no, it was the, I, oh, I know what you mean. I was thinking of the what's that animated one that's about a lady's time of the month? Oh god, why is that your go-to? 
No, it's an it's a kids' cartoon. Isn't it? It's teaching them about that sort of oh, thing. Oh, turning, turning red. red. Yeah, turning red. red. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good films, Peter. Good films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what's happened to you? Changed since you come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I turned my camera off, guys. <laughs> so, I mean, yep. we will say like the importance of a, of a Kickstarter page as well. Like, if you go on the death of the necromancer. Kickstarter page. You can buy chapter one now, of course. Um, but there's um, <laughs> there's also there's an abundance of stuff. Like if you scroll down, there's there's pages, there's sketches, there's you know there's you're very you just lay it all out, don't you? For the people, as much information as possible for people who are potentially going to back this book. Yeah, I mean, I was I was trying to make it as clear as possible. You know, we've got a fair chunk of this done, and also. I had to explain this whole PDF subscription thing I'm doing, which some people might not be immediately familiar with or, th- or immediately jump to. To be fair, I have had at least one person say they found it quite confusing. So maybe I should have also made a diagram or something. I'm not sure. But <laughs> now, I think now you, sometimes you say, you someone... say that. It says well, I'm, not, it I'm, says not being, I'm not being glib. I genuinely mean I should have made a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that, is that something? Do you, do you guys watch the videos? I, I, I oh, occasionally do. I, I don't always. I, I, but watch, something I watch Nick's there. videos because yeah. they make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, my, my partner makes my Kickstarter videos. It's mostly okay. us dicking around at our house. It's it's good. It's good, it's good low budget fun. I, I, I watched um, Kev Cooling's video today just so I can take the piss out of him about it. That's why I watched it. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah, he's very serious. It's not oh, like him at all. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the importance of a video is don't. It is important, isn't it, Nick? Like it can. Has anyone said to you, talk to you about the videos? Because they make me laugh, your ones. Uh, people seem to like them. I'm always quite keen that if I'm going to bother doing a video, it should at least be fun or interesting in some way. Because I've seen a lot of comics projects get funded with, like, either no video at all or just a sort of basic motion comic trailer with a couple of panels and some text. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm going to, you know, actually take the time to film myself and inflict that visual on the world then i should you know (laughs) inflict that visual yeah Yeah. we (laughs) don't we don't do a video we don't do videos on ours because it it would just cause us to take the piss out of each other for the rest of our lives there's quite a lot of animosity attribute hq it'd be too sexual (laughs) everyone would be too we couldn't show any panels from inside the comic no unless you forget we've done we've done one for thought bubble we've done done a couple of acp ones i think we should do more with your video of one from one side of the convention to the other, we are quite, we are quite fond of. Yeah. Yeah. God couldn't do that. I thought bubble because we Dan would walk off and they'd be gone for fifteen. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. And he couldn't do that one hand in the pocket walk, which we yeah. love. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. strut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, when did you um start like properly jump into the deep end of like making comics, Nick? What which year? Uh, um, I think it was twenty. Uh, it was. Like I said before, I think it was 2017 when I was doing the short stories. I really took to heart the sort of advice everyone always gives about starting short. So I did these like six short stories of like between three and five pages, I think. And I I got various artists, one of whom was Bob Ahmed and a few others as well uh, to do those. And then, yeah, once I'd done a few of those, then I sort of went to black and white comics, which was um, Little Deaths and a couple of others. And then... At this point, about five years later, I finally reached full colour. <laughs> I, I get the impression you're quite an old school comics fan. I know we chat a bit about comics we're reading. I know you, you, you're re- we're chatting about you reading Spider-Man the other day. And, you know, 
You've, have you always been a comic fan? This is just something that's come from your fan of reading the stuff, is it? Or? Pretty much. I mean, with a level of old school, like I, I, I started reading in the sort of mid to slightly later 90s, like literally the okay. first few comics I bought were the Spider-Man clone saga. As class. People like myself. Yeah, I think in the very first issue I bought, it was... The main character was Peter Parker, but he was wearing Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider costume because he Too had to Seth run, but he wasn't in prison or something. It was somehow <laughs> I kept reading. Yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it was pretty baffling. And you still read now? You got a pull list at a local shop, Nick, and stuff? Um, you, not a pull list. I've gone kind of pretty full digital, mostly hmm. sort of a combination of money and space in my house issue. Yeah. So oh, you're um, you're Marvel Unlimited, aren't you? Is that right? Yeah, I get a lot of use out of Marvel Unlimited. I'll. Is that, worth, is that worth it? Yeah. If you if you're willing to if you want to read a lot of Marvel comics on a tablet, then absolutely. It's about yeah. what a comic at a price of about one and a half comics. Yeah. Some of that. Some of those individual issues are pretty pricey, so it's probably cheaper than that, I guess, isn't it? What's that? What is it? What, I can't yeah. remember what it is now. I, but I, I make I'm I'm more than make my money. I've used it today. I've read four or five comics on the today. So just today, I've made the money out. But you know. Yeah, but I I most I read a lot of like. I followed the entire X-Men line on it. So that's about 10 comics a month just on, just on that. And then I read yeah. a few other random bits. Like I've had a bunch of Moon Knights before that came on and so on. So yeah, mm. I, it's, it's definitely worth it as long if you're reading a decent few Marvel comics. Yeah. I'm not a lover of the new version though, Nick. What, it's sort of Moon under, under, no, the new, the new app <laughs> sort of oh. undercomplicated itself. I don't know. Oh, okay. I find it's a bit harder to get to the actual comics. Yeah. Like I know yeah. that, that massive ridiculous list it used to have was, ludicrous the listing like every marvel comic ever alphabetically but it did in some ways make things easier and they've kind yeah. of removed that almost entirely yeah it doesn't um they used to be out this week out last week you know the bit of that going on yeah um and it's yeah it's, it's all it's so, been a bit sort of simplified so how how often is it updated a weekly once a week yeah the comics so, come what, up the, what, the, what the new the new issues hit it no, straight away two or, or it... three months behind for the ones that are coming out as physical copies but they also have digital copies on there of the new digital series yeah okay. yeah it's the yeah the new issues that are in comic shops or they're like a three month delay so yeah we're yeah. just getting the stuff from what Jan- late january coming up now yeah which with my part my pile of unread comics sometimes you know i get to them on digital before i pull them out the bottom of the pile to read you know so it's yeah, yeah. i need to do more with it i think yeah I just I'm just on the website now, and obviously it's just giving me US prices. Um, nine dollars ninety nine a month. That's not bad. What's that? Yeah, that's not Seven ninety nine, eight nine. Annual weird, annual is sixty nine dollars a year. It's good. Which works out at five seventy five. And what's annual plus the new exclusive kit? Annual plus is ninety nine dollars a year. I haven't gone near that. What is no, I don't that? know what that is. What is I that? think, that's, no. I think ah. that's the same, except they send you some merch or something. Oh, yes. Oh, the exclusive... uh, we might not have that over here then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the yeah. purchase of Marvel Unlimited, you, members get exclusive limited edition membership kit. So you get... You get yeah, it's like the, Foom. Here's you get what you get. A badge. You get Spider, mm. Spider Gwen by Scotty Young pin. Huh? Uh, you get two variant comics. X-Men uh, number one, Marvel Stormbreaker, Peach momoko variant sinister yeah. war number one mark aspinall variant you get a sword patch oh uh-huh. and, that's quite cool and I'll, you get a limited I'll... edition hasbro marvel legends captain kate kitty pride figure not available what? anywhere else <sighs> so you get a kitty pride figure um, mm, with, with a little lockheed but it's not available anywhere else 
Yeah. Yep. The other thing is worth mentioning is I think by the end of this week, I think it's the end Friday of this week, DC have got a version that's usable in the UK. So ah, DC, a kind of DC Unlimited is dying in the UK. Ah. It hasn't previously been over here, but they're sort of pushing it out worldwide. Yeah, oh. I need to check if that's going to work on my elderly iPad, but if it will, I'll probably <laughs> sign up for that. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, there's an additional benefit to this. Um, Go on. The membership kit. You get invites and access to Marvel events and 10% off Marvel merchandise and more at shopdisney.com. There you go. Um, so right. we we probably yeah we we will just read the. Comments. I don't think that's available yeah. to us here though, dude. I no, think we I, only I, get I, the I, basic I, package. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always been very sort of just give me the comics on this, which I think yeah. is yeah. like especially with yeah. planning kickstarts and stuff. So I think this is something you've talked about in the last few weeks. I've never been that interested in a lot of the accompanying merch type stuff. I mean, I like to the mm-hmm. extent that I think other people like some of the people buying the stuff are probably more into it than i am so i sort of try and provide a little bit yeah. of that but i'm not I, fussed about bookmarks man you no. know it's like they fall out of the i don't know whether i keep them or not <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah i Most keep, the I keep I them and then i find a bag of them and i'm like oh yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna... bookmarks yeah yeah i've don't find like i've done prints in the past i've got prints off people but i don't really do much for them i know i've kind of didn't anger the fan base but people are like what but I started mounting up some of the nicer uh, prints and stuff. But there's a lot of stuff like badges and bookmarks, like UTM. So, oh, okay, fair enough. If it's That's if great. there's an original art tier, I will have a look at it to see yes. to see what the price of the original art is. That's the that, only one I'll do. That's a good way to kind of bolster uh, your 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 total. Your, your yeah, your William Hazel work. does that, and I've had some nice sketches <laughs> from him. Some of his stuff. Yeah, we yeah. do that with Robert on on the campaigns we've done together because he works yeah. traditionally. Okay. That's, that's an interesting thing to do on pre-order. I've just pre-ordered the new Johnny Ryan book, actually, through Mansion Press, and there's a quite reasonable original art tier on the pre-order. Oh, nice they, one. They, they tier the pre-orders as well, which is quite cool. Do you remember uh, Nice versus Pirates? They did theirs where you paid a set sum for like a page or a double-page spread, Oh yeah, and you could pick your page, and they would update the graphic as they went. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way like of yeah. making some money and also giving the fans what they want yeah i, would, I, I always look at the, who the artist is because i think either it's either that i really like their art or they're a bankable future commodity to be able mm. to sell in 10 years and i think um the imba is bankable isn't it yes, i've got a couple definitely. of original pieces already by chris and i always think yeah that's that's gonna be worth a few quid in a few years i reckon i, I would always yeah. suggest when running a campaign make a tier for the fucking uber super fan that's okay. really high and you might only do one or two of them are you doing uh, the to come around Dan's house and live with him for a week to you at all? Or? Oh, yeah, if it makes some money, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what? I'll probably have to fucking pay you to do that. Lady do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, kind <laughs> of, uh, yeah, give give like a, a big goal, like that no one might back, but then you might have someone who fucking absolutely loves everything you do, and this is a great way of of showing showing that and backing it. Do you know what I mean? Didn't Monty Nero have one which was come and spend the weekend with me or something <clears> and I'll so, take yeah. you around all my different haunts and things. I think someone did take him up. Okay. Yeah. I, was thinking I know Joel like, Meadows had one which yeah. was come around my house. I'll come around your house and talk to you about comics. You Were you going to have one about graves, Nick? Is that what you're, you're, you're going <laughs> to tell us? I've had, I've had years ago on some bit of Kickstarter guidance but the, the amount that the average person who's sort of not a mega fan, but you know, knows who you are and is somewhat well disposed towards you, is what is going to want to give you is probably about £20. So no matter what you have to do, what random rewards you have to make up, 
have a tier that costs about £20 and you'll find that a lot of people will take you up on that. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. And yeah. I, so I have done that on all my campaigns. I mean, you'll note that it was quite easy that's for deck pods because that's just how much the book costs. So... <laughs> Well, it was a single issue. I had to make some stuff up to get out to that. But yeah, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, go for the price ranges. If you just like do everything's low, you, you're only going to make low money. But if you do like a range from low, mid to high, you got a chance of kind of getting different punters in, and some that would want to spend a bit more, some that uh, won't yeah. spend a bit more. Do you back many? Do you Nick as well? Do you do you back many projects? Uh, yeah, quite a lot. I think I got my super backer badge on Kickstarter, which is yeah. I think how many have you got back for that? I mean, I want 271 and that was a while ago. So I think it might be somewhere in the early 200s. I think they give it to you for backing numbers during a certain period, don't they, as well, I think. So it's so many in a year. I think you get one as well. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's mostly digital tiers if that helps. As I say, oh, I'm quite yeah, yeah. heavily shifted towards digital comics at this point. In my I've life. checked mine as 109. Oh my god! 100, 191. There you go. Oh, I got 197. Ah! I just, I just looked now. I was unaware of such a thing, and now I'm just thinking of all those pounds I've spent. Have you got yours? <laughs> there we go. He'll be depressed all the rest. Of oh it, my yeah. god! What have I been doing with my <laughs> life? I've wasted my life. I've scrolled down yet, a couple. Sa- at the same time, I'm thinking, Nick's ahead of me. I need to catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was scrolling down to the ones that didn't make it. And like, fuck me, some of these look really good. I'm kind of annoyed they didn't go through. What ones you've backed that didn't make it? Ones, yeah, ones are backed that didn't make their, their total. Uh, there's one called Chronicles of Villains, which looks absolutely fucking great. And uh, Sovereign, I think I, I talked about it on this show years ago. Uh, God, when, when was that? I pledged. It's one of those ones, it's in the States, but it was uh, the, the postage was absolutely ridiculous. I think that yeah was asking for thirty four, thirty four thousand pounds, and uh, only only made eight, so it kind of uh, it didn't work out, sadly. But there we go. Well, I actually received uh, another Kickstarter this week, uh, my uh, board game of the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, so you got that? Yeah, I saw a few people got that. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that was one of those uh, ones that took a couple of years, obviously with the pandemic and stuff. Oh, did it? Oh, that's yeah. good. But when it arrived, it is fucking beautiful. So, uh, <laughs> you know, all good things. Loads sometimes. of extras with that one as well, wasn't there? Yeah, loads of extras. So, um, yeah, all good things. Remember, if people have backed your project, give them value for money. Yeah, and... I got um, the Inktober graphic novel that Elsa Chartier did last year. My copy oh, of that yeah. from Kickstarter. A, a rare physical object because her books are always really, really nice. Actually arrived this week. It's looking nice. Lots of random prints and stuff with it. Some stickers that I've actually stuck on my laptop. Oh, always <laughs> one of those uh, trendy like hackers that you get in like the nineties yeah. movies that are, their laptops are covered in like stickers. I'm just one of those annoying people who sits in the corner of coffee shops typing on his comic scripts. <laughs> yeah, get some peace away from home. Yeah, <laughs> it's but... the only way to make me sit down and work. <laughs> if I can't walk up and pace around the room without being judged, I might actually stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But you've you're obviously you've got plenty of projects so on on the pipeline. So this it, Death of Necromancer is all written. Is that correct? And like it's it's on yeah. it's on track? Yeah, so so far, yeah. Rob's drawn three out of four chapters and I sent him the fourth script like nice. today actually, about five hours ago. Nice. So that was 
And as we speak, the project has not long since been funded. So three issues out of four. Yeah, and David awesome. Cooper's colouring issue two now, I think. Well, he's, yeah, about I said to him basically as soon as we funded, so he yeah. he should be on track to start with that now. And then yeah, amazing, amazing. And then uh, very very fair issue two um, later this year. Can we look forward to? That is, that's the hope. Yeah, the hope is to again do a campaign about the same time as the last one. So yeah. like summer, like I said, in the hope of yeah. finishing it for Fort Bubble. Yeah. Is that like balancing the whole the work that you've got with Death of a Necromancer? You you will have that in a in a good rhythm so you can concentrate on a separate campaign like Fairy Fair. I'm hoping it'll be more or less running by itself. I mean the biggest part, to be honest, in the last few weeks has been trying to make myself finalise the script for issue four because endings are difficult, it turns out, and if, especially with a story that fiddly. So I was Yeah rewriting that a lot over the last couple of weeks but now that that's finalized i'm hoping it'll be just a bit of straightforward Ooh, admin for the rest you've, of it. you've just given me the idea for a future topic for a show we need to talk about endings and books <laughs> happy endings no, no yes um a good ending a good ending for a book yeah because yeah. it's important isn't it? yeah don't yeah, end I... like games of thrones <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, but I'm mostly quite happy I could write the ending while the rest of it was still, you know, in pro- in pro- in progress. So I could, you know, go back and change it a bit to help myself if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. So obviously, where can people um, go to find out more about Death of a Necromancer and your awesome work, Nick? Uh, if you go to nickbryan.com, there's a few free comics up there, including the short stories I was talking about earlier and some one-pages I've done, plus links to all the you got stock photo done. comics as well. Oh god, those are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> stock have you photo comics. Fumetti on there, have you? Um, yeah, there's a there's a terrible free stock photo site as part of my teaching myself to do comics program, as well as the short stories I did, a bunch of stock photo comics, and then I ran out of photos on the website and I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, as you said, the first chapter of Necromancer is now on sale on my shop on buysmallpress.com so it's not too late to jump on that the rest will go up as I say probably a week or two after I send them to backers nice See, he knows nice. What doing. Yeah. we talk to people who know what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> we okay, need ask, to uh, ask me yeah. again a month or so before Fort Bubble how it's going okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. coming from us who don't know what we're doing no, you, we you're, an, you're an adrenaline junkie now you see Nick you're going to run a Kickstarter again just before Kickstarter just, just before a Thought Bubble just to get the nerves up you know yeah, I'm going to double the target for the second issue of Thursday. <laughs> yeah, just to see, what happens, yeah, just to see yeah. how it feels. Just to, watch your <laughs> just love to, feel, just to feel something, yeah, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> just to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, but certainly, we've got the rest of the show to do, so you, all you lovely listeners are all going to feel something. No, that sounds bad. <laughs> yes, they are. That sounds bad. Um, you're going to feel joy because we're going to talk about even more comics but before then do we have any shout outs I know we've got a couple of shout outs and our guest does so who would like to go first yes first yeah guest yeah. you've got, you got, yeah, you yeah. got a shout out haven't you Nick I've got a couple actually the first one I was going to do is the complete Terry Moore Humble Bundle finishes yeah. in a few days I think it's been running for the best part of a month now this is like all his work in like PDF form from Strangers in Paradise to I think his most recent series for about 23 quid which is a pretty decent deal. I've actually got a lot of this on Comixology, but I, considering Comixology seems to be having some strange times, I thought it'd be nice to have the big. <laughs> I don't know of, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of other stuff I don't have there too. So yeah, yeah, he's great, isn't he Terry Moore, so good. Yeah, 
So, yeah, he's an amazing cartoonist. Yeah. So, like, we we were briefly talking about this before we uh, actually sort of uh, started the show. Um, we've briefly sort of mentioned sort of humble bundles and stuff, but they're they're a massive like avenue of value, aren't they? Yeah, especially since I started reading primarily in digital. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to you know try out things in huge numbers. Like I started reading that Transformers comic, More Than Beats the Eye, pretty much entirely because there was a humble bundle on and a few people were recommending it. And it's great. That was mm. an amazing book. I always think it'd be great if they had an app, you know, because everything kind of goes into my Dropbox and I have to remember where I've stored it and stuff Same. like that. Yeah. But if they had a sort of a reading app um, would be really good, I think, because I would definitely yeah. buy a lot more on there, I think. Well, yeah. there's a, the awesome one at the moment, uh, Image Comics from the 90s. Oh, that's moment. well worth it, isn't it? Got oh, Spawn Origins, like, like one to three issues, volumes, yeah. <laughs> You've got uh, 20 volumes that Spawn ones, so that's fucking loads. The Battle Chasers Anthology, 102 issues of uh, Savage Dragon. That's well worth it. Volume right. one of Cyberforce, volume one of uh, Shadowhawk. You've got um, the original Savage Dragon trade. 61 issues of Witchblade and 41 issues of The Darkness. Now, now, um, just going on humblebundle.com, the search is a bit... Don't go to the search, people. I put Terry Moore in it. didn't come up. You've got to go to the books. Yeah, I just go to bundles and then books. Yeah, bundles and books. And like the Image Comics one... Um, as it's got pay what you want they have several tiers don't they because they just add more to depending on what you so i think that this is just the basic one which is 21 comics worth about 770 dollars and the terry moore one 45 books worth about 717 dollars um yeah how much is that um about 23 pounds the whole thing okay yeah yep yep and terry moore i love terry moore but i need to read more of his Strange in Paradise. I was a big fan of that series. Yeah, I, I love my Rachel Rising book as well. That's a great. That's true. Oh, that was a great series. Yeah, that was a mm. great series. Um, yeah, and he's a bit of an indie legend, is Terry Moore. If you don't, if you haven't read any of his work, anyone who's who's listening to this show, I had a chat with him at New York. Super nice dude as well. And nice. he was at Luca when I went there, the Italian festival. Nice. Lovely to, to have a nice. coffee with him. Yeah, nice. he yeah. just keeps making comics and making the sort of stories he wants to make, which is mm. always fascinating. Fascinating to see. Um, yeah, so there's three days, well, probably two days as we're speaking now, left on this, if you're listening to us on the Monday. Um, and there's nine, uh, 18 days left on the image one. But they get, they add stuff like this all the time, don't they? It's, yeah, there's loads. I mean, there's, yeah, like you say, that you can get programs on there, Photoshop filters, brushes. There's a yeah. lot of stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, it's worth checking your, um, your spam folder <clears throat> for Humble Bundle emails because I delete so many that it's just stuff I don't understand what they are. Yeah. yeah, you know, then the comic ones I miss occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Did you have another one, Nick? Uh, this is possibly a smidge self-serving, but there's an anthology coming up on Kickstarter, the the Fletcher Cross anthology, which actually had a Kickstarter last year, which didn't fund, but they're they're back taking another run at it. And I thought I'd give them a shout because I've got a story in it, and there's a lot of other good people who have, including people I've worked with before, like Gabby Scanlon and Sonia Kinsey. Nice. Oh, I remember this project. Mm. Yeah, we we mentioned yeah. this before. Gabby mentioned it to us. Yeah. So is this live now, or is it going to be live I soon? I believe they've just put the um, pre-launch click here to get a notification page up. So I think oh, it's I going... this before. Oh, I wonder if I'll get a notification from that. Yeah, hopefully. And nice. yeah, so yeah, that's just got up. That's a sort of. I think it's a sort of lots of stories about the same character thing. It's we're we're following this character Fletcher Cross in his adventure across the multiverse, and I wrote it as a sort of. 
sloppy, ir- irritating little snot version of Doctor Who, which I found <laughs> very entertaining. <laughs> Isn't that just Doctor Who? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh, um, nice. So we'll put that one in the show notes. Uh, what other shout outs do we have, gents? Uh, I've just got the one and it relates to Kev Cooling. Um, Tom Long's post. As you listen to this, there'll be five more days to go. It's the dark tale of a deadly hymen. Original black and white comic portraying the dark legend of Tom Long, a notorious hymen, highwayman in the Cotswolds in the 1800s. And go and back it and also watch the video and write to um, Kevin to tell him how dishy he looks in it. <laughs> I've got back. I've yet to back this, so I've got to get on it. It needs, nice. uh, it's, it needs a tiny bit to push it over the number, but it's still got a week, just under a week to go. So, yeah, well worth it. I've read it and it's good. I really think oh, it's nice good. one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Dan, do you have any shout-outs? No, got nothing nothing to talk about. Me neither. We're useless. <laughs> but, <laughs> Pretty much. But we all have something to recommend in our lovely recommend section. Now, Nick, you know the guest goes first, so what would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners to check out? Uh, one of the big things I've been reading in the last year is the webcomics by John Allison, who wrote Giant Days and has also been writing and drawing his own stuff online and in print for, like, decades at this point he was doing his webcomic scary go round in the 2000s but and yeah but i was a bit of a late cover to this i came onto his stuff with giant days like i think a lot of people did yeah. and in a sort of typical late coming convert way then became a massive fan and went back and read like everything i could find of his and yeah and he's now putting up his new stuff online mostly he's had this comic steeple which is was a mini series with dark horse which he did one volume oh, with them yeah. as single issues and now i think he's doing it as web comics on his website and then dark horse is just collecting them as trades but yeah that's on i think all of the stuff after volume one is online at steeple.church and yeah it's really good it's about a sort of sat- satanist churches in rural cornwall which amazing I mean, Again, I mean, all of cornwall yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean looking at death of Necromancer, so i suppose maybe you can see why i like this but still it's really yeah. good john allison is amazing he's, he's sort of lightless charm and character of it is just flawless yeah i think that also um it speaks volumes to a creator who who builds up some work and then a, then a sort of uh a working relationship with a ongoing publisher especially someone like dark horse that he can have the freedom to do the webcomic and then they'll collect they'll collect it and then print the collected editions because there's a lot to be said for um I mean, we talk about web comics a lot on this show, but there's a lot of people who want to double dip and have a physical copy of of this of a web comic, aren't there? There's loads of them. Yeah, we thought when we started this show, no one would ever buy that. They can read it online, but loads of people do, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that not enough is said that that, that web comic fans. I know there's this obviously a lot of people who just read it for free and then they don't go back. But there's a there's a big contingent. It's what's made Dan a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there, but there are other people that that want the copies of the books. I mean, I know if I look at my bookshelf now, there's a lot of them that were web comics. Now they're glorious hardcovers. So you know, but in some ways, like the web comic is just the kind of an ongoing promotional tool for yeah <clears throat> your comic. Really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you put extra stuff in your your collections, don't you, Dan? But yeah, it definitely is that. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way of doing a Kickstarter is like, you know, just a lot of it is just a big promotional thing to go, look, I'm here. And, you know, having the webcomic going up regularly does, you know, the same yeah. thing only. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's kind of like running a patron is like if you've got a webcomic and people are paying you kind of a buck or whatever it is just to kind of like for you to put pages up online, for, essentially for free. Uh, I guess that's one of the great things about patron. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it's interesting, I think, uh, when you run a crowdfunding campaign for a popular webcomic, um, it's an in, there's, there's two sides to the coin, aren't, isn't there, really? Because you're sort of running it for people who have become fans of the, the, the loyal people who have, who read the web, you know, the numbers that you get daily, weekly, or however often you do your webcomics, so they want a print copy. But then you're trying to get the new new readers because not everyone that is part of your weekly numbers are going to come and print want the printed book so there's a, there, there is still the element of it's not a done deal is it just because you've got a popular webcomic it's not a done deal that your kickstarter is going to absolutely no sing. not at all yeah so something something to bear in mind i think but I, I yeah, no, no, yeah never never think never do the old fucking county of the chickens when it comes yeah. to anything like that and yeah. it comes to comics yeah. yeah yeah i definitely heard of that um concept for steeples and i thought it was great uh, a while ago and i thought it was a great concept so so that's available to read as a webcomic now is it uh yes yeah, so i think possibly the first volume is only available via dark horse so that you might have to get that on comicsology interesting interesting mm. well i'm not yes. going to comicsology if they print it i'll buy it there's a, I think there's a Dark Horse edition of the first one still. Yeah. He also did a Giant Days Batman crossover on his website for like Oh, on his website. I was about to go, what the hell? <laughs> I, I, I believe it is, you know, classic outlaw comics, not endorsed by DC. But yeah, it's, uh, there's 20 pages of Giant Days Batman up there as well, which is spectacular. Oh, they, they team up to investigate a snooker-based crime. <laughs> mm. Nice. I, I don't know you guys. I'm still like the comicsology thing's totally done me on that. I don't even fucking look at it anymore. I, I just don't. I bought I, something today on there and it was a pain in my ass. I, I, I my last experience, which I actually posted about online while I was in a laundrette. That's the moment. <laughs> that, that's so rock and roll. That's the moment you can get schlubs like me because I'm sat there and I'm in, in yeah. you know waiting rooms and things like that. It's like oh, I'll browse comicsology. And I was browsing it, and because it's all in alphabetical order and stuff, sometimes I was, I thought, oh, this comic looks interesting. Click on it, find out more. And I went back, and it took me all the way to the top of the list again. I know I know, it's a first world problem, but I didn't want to scroll all the way down every time. So after like two or three books I checked out, I thought, I can't, I'm, I'm out. I can't do this every time. So sorry if you released a comic that was after the letter R, this week yeah. <laughs> because I didn't see it was there. You're going to restart this trade uh, arms tour where everything's like AAA. Yeah, Aardvark Vanaheim. Yeah, yeah and all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Plus you also like you know, when when there's just like a, a bumper release of stuff, like they had like 50 issues of like Dazzler comics from the 70s that were added. So, you know, as good as they are, I was yeah. I was still like, this isn't Not good. this isn't what I yeah. want to. People, yeah, people <laughs> biting their hands off for that. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> That seems an yeah. ideal thing to be a Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I've got Marvel actually, Unlimited. You, you two might have uh, um, finally convinced me to take a punt on that. Actually, give that a shot. Yeah, give that. There's a loads shot. of uh, there's loads of stuff, and I've just read a load of cap issues on there for something. And, uh, I don't yeah, know. I can fucking keep up with all the comics, man. There's only so many else in the uh, day. I know. I know. No, I know. It's terrible. And we do a bloody podcast he says about he them. So. Fucking browses a phone looking at shit for hours on end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's all the porn you watch. You could yeah. be reading comics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, so that, did you, did you say you had a, So there was a, that one. Did you have another one, Nick? Did you say? I can't remember. Or was that it? Uh, no, that was it. Oh, yeah. What more? Steve what Land, more? Yeah. What more? Steve Glenn, Giant Days Batman. Oh, giant Days. <laughs> I need to see Such this. Such a hipster. I, yeah, the, uh... I, I need to see this Giant Days Batman. Anyway, who would like to go next? Well, I've got two, but oh, they're what? both 
part of the same theme um and i think it might cause just a tiny bit of discussion while i talk about them shall i do mine first yeah go on. Is that all right so i've got to, i bought i did a bit of a, a go and buy a load of um small press books at gosh again this week and i bought two they're exactly the same size i showed you before we came on didn't i they're a5 um auto bio um self-published books so the first one is called wednesday by tim bird we all know tim um, um four pounds in gosh good price in fact they were both very good prices um i would describe it as color full color inside but it's not it's one of those you've have you seen the work of tim bird nick at all um the gray a, area he did bell, the great North of, i think i've actually read it okay yeah cool he does that sort of quite minimalistic style and often it'll have just flat color use of a, maybe a couple of colors on a page um and it's 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 throughout it it's like that and he, but he also used photographs in it so what it is it's a story of him it's, it's basically the story of him and his dad going to football and they were both um sheffield i've got to get this right wednesday. sheffield wednesday yeah because it's two isn't there sheffield wednesday and sheffield united so um sheffield wednesday fans um, in fact one of the first pictures is a photograph of um a ticket from a game in 1990 that he, i'm guessing he and his dad went to um he's clearly a proper fan um he plays a little bit uh, he talks a lot about the games but he also plays a lot with the concepts of childhood memories and stuff like that in it um he names significant players he he quotes team lineups he talks about big games um so he clearly knows his stuff around that team but he also intertwines with it the family life and his you know the change from being a child through to being an adult and concentrates on the relationship with his father um the art is good um Tim's style doesn't lend itself to sort of noodling or overly complicated stuff. It's very flat, iconic images. Um, he uses a lot of white space um, around images sometimes and lets the page breathe. Um, and then occasionally he opens up to give a full, full image of something. There's, there's quite a nice moment where he goes to his first football match in a memory that he kind of, in a, in a time of memory, miss, miss memory. He, he doesn't quite get it right. He says, my dad says it wasn't this time, but I said it was this time, you know. Um, and he walks up the steps and he sees the whole of a football stadium in front of him. And the, he, he uses quite um, quite a nice green of the pitch. It comes off quite nicely off the page. Um, and I enjoyed it. And it's a nice personal story. Um, I came away from it feeling that I've seen all this before, though, from him. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of Tim's work. And I like generally what he does. But it didn't, it came off as a little hollow to me. It's okay. a little bit, I'm going to say it's a little bit like reading an indie autobio from 10 years ago. Um, it doesn't show, I know Tim's not one of those creators who's particularly edgy or underground or, you know, but it just, there wasn't enough of, I hate to say, I don't want to say it's boring because it's not. It just, if you're doing an autobio comic, I want to feel the heart and soul of yourself in it somewhere. And I don't. I think after I think I set quite a high, but uh, quite a high standard for Tim because I think a lot of his work, and I've got a print of his downstairs in my living room. I think it was there when you came over, Vince. Yeah. And it's that one of the motorway, you know, the sort of flat print. It's lovely, and I really like his work. But I think after reading the Great Northwoods, I expected something more from him, which was a really good comic. Did we all read that? I think at least a couple of us read it, didn't we? Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Great Northwoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and. I don't know. I just expected a bit more. I think he needs to rip his training wheels off a little bit and just put himself go, out. Go for bit, it. Yeah. And I think I like to see that in 
autobio comics. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a solid book, and I think it would do well if you were if you if he was to go and sell this next to the bloke selling programs at Sheffield Wednesday. I think he'd he'd sell a bundle of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that gotcha. nice format. It's nice. Uh, now, gone. Who's someone? I, I was just gonna say, like, like the art of autobio is a funny thing, isn't it? Because hmm. creating them, how much do you let people in? If you're yeah. gonna, if you're gonna be, you know. Because it's a very personal thing, naturally. So, yeah. And what if you're a creator who has done a couple of auto bio comics where you've really let the readers in for your for your two of your books? You know, they could be quite raw, they could be quite personal, they could be however. When you come to do the next one, and you just don't feel you want to do it, you know, you you don't want to go that far. Does that affect that yeah, book? That's the what I was the point I was going to make, Julian. That's really valid, I think. And I don't, I think if you're going to talk about yourself in a comic or in a novel or mm. in a, you know, in a song, for example, mm. I want that level of absolute honesty from you. And mm. you read it in novels, don't you? You read it in non-fiction autobiographies all the time. If it's just a list of things that are happening and there's no real emotional depth to it, it's not as good. Mm. Um that always seems like the challenge of doing like an ongoing autobiocomic because like I don't know the average person's life doesn't have that many like satisfying stories or narratives in it a lot of the time you know yeah I mean if I really worked for hours I could maybe produce one vaguely interesting autobio about the few noteworthy things that have happened in my life but I don't know what yeah. I'd then do for the second one yeah no you're right and it has to be interesting I think you're right Nick you know there's no point in us writing you know you know an autobiocomic of what I did during lockdown because I watched a lot of television and did a lot of work you know and I walk the dog. It's not as interesting as somebody, you know, if they write an autobiographic comic about their travels in South America or something, you know. Well, Follow Me In, for example, is a good example of that, isn't it? There's real events happen in that book. Yeah. There's real things happen. And also her next book wasn't autobiographical, you know. She's not rushing back to mind that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to compare that. Now, I think this will start, as you've all sort of keyed into, this will start a conversation already. So the next one I want to talk about is a book called Life's a Party by Sean as a party. Um, it's subtitled One for the Road. It's A5 again. This one's full colour. Um, again, £4 out of gosh. And this one is is, is detailed into six comics. Um, it's been, I don't know if you remember, it's been a while since I've reviewed a book of Sean's. I think we very, almost in the first year of the podcast, I talked about some stuff he's done, but I think he's been quite open and I think you can find out on his social media and stuff that he's moved to Hull. So he used to live in Crouch End. In fact, he used to put on the Crouch End comic convention or whatever it was, you know, the little little gathering in the town hall in Crouch End. It was a really cool little event you know, Avery Hill were there and all these sort of guys. And now he's moved up to Hull, um, spelt for Americans, H-U-L-L, not H-E-L-L, which I'm sure always gets painted over on the street sign. <laughs> but the um, he now he now um, is a buddy of Gareth Slighthomes, obviously, also a buddy of ours. Um, and this is the comic that talks about his move there. And what he does, he talks about the moments in his life that are both good and bad. We see moments of his use, his use of drugs as, as a kid, um, his loss of hair. There's this sort of funny image of this is a picture of me before and this is a picture of me now. Um, and a realisation from him that he was stuck in London and for his own health, mental health, I think mostly, he needed to move out. Um, and he and his flatmate then moved to Hull. There's, there's an inner monologue which made me laugh. This, this one page says, I have nothing left. This city has drained it all. This is his thoughts. I'm just a dried up fossil of a human being. And then he says something and it's, fuck me, I need a beer. And as soon as he said that, I thought this is this caustic real life story of him has suddenly grabbed me more than 
Tim's book had, as good as Tim's book is, I, I wanted to see that sort of thing. Um, and then there's, it's much rougher drawing. The drawing in this is much rougher compared to Tim's very sort of um, clean line, clinical art. But this has something of it. There's a page in it in the end where he has a party and to, for people to say goodbye to him. And, and you can see from mixing in this crowd, we know some of them. And you can see Mark Stafford's in there and Gareth Brooks and a few other people. I would say at this point that Gareth never, never misses a beer, but he'll have a go at me if he keeps saying that. Because he says, every time you say talk about me on the podcast, you say, I was drunk. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that this time. <laughs> um, um, and it's also dedicated to Alison Brown, who obviously passed away um, during lockdown, who was lovely. And um, we know from the Cartoon Museum. Um, is it is this book perfect? No. Some, some of the pages are a little rough around the edges. Um, but somehow, to me, it felt more honest. Um, it's... And that's what, what I wanted to talk to you guys about it. If it's just a list of events that are happening, um, it's, I don't find it interesting, you know? No, if yeah. It's carefully catered to stories that follow a narrative structure just to do something. <clears throat> I'm, again, not interested. I want the, the, the life experience. It's, it's a biography of yourself. You're the best person who can write about it. I want to see under the skin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to. Oh. I want to see a bit of the mistakes and your secrets, and I don't want it also, to be a Wikipedia page. Sorry. Yeah, I also like the comedians have this great ability to have events happen to them, and they can make it into a kind of like story narrative that pulls you in, and they tell a story or a joke or something. But it's the way the story's told and how how you present it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, same relative. But then, like with observation put in there as well i mean i get a lot of that from uh gareth's comics he yeah. kind of like a spin on it a, a, an observation you think well yeah i didn't really consider that but that's a, that's a good point yeah and uh, uh this just a kind of even if it is mundane a kind of a, a different look or a different approach it's just like oh, I, I got out of the bed i had a shower i had my cereal and then i did this isn't yeah. that sad so oh, okay a dispassionate sort of retelling of your life is if you had this juxtaposition of someone like you're visibly seeing this but the words yeah. are doing something else entirely yeah yeah do you know what I mean? there's, a, there's a there's a there's that kevin smith autobiography which i read a few god i read it about 10 years ago i suppose and it is painfully boring for about 200 pages about it literally is like this is what i watched on television i went on the treadmill i knocked one out you know it's like that yeah um, yeah and what? then the middle the middle is <laughs> Honestly, that's what it's like, honestly. But the middle 50 pages or so about are about when Jay um, was on the drugs and how he had to go and search for him and find him and put him in rehab and stay with him and get him off drugs. And that is like absolutely entrancing. You you get lost in that story. Um, and that's what made the book for me. And that's what I want to see. I don't want to see like, you know, just sort of almost like a twee retelling. And you know for a fact they're leaving stuff out, you know? And I think you're yeah. right, Nick, when you say that. I think if we're going to be... If we're going to take, and it's a brave move to write an autobiographic, isn't it? I think if you're going to do it properly, I think if you're going to really dig down and be honest, I mean, there's stuff that I've done that you guys don't know about. You know, I'm not particularly, you know, pleased that I did in my life. And I would have to include that because it's part of the truth of it. Yeah. Fraser Geeson did an autobiographic a few years back now called The Cleaner, where he was talking about his job as a domestic cleaner and, you know, yeah. how, how much he loved it at times and how it sometimes made him feel a bit weird to be doing that job. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. It was really interesting. He really dug into it. Yeah, the human condition, man. That's what it's about. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it, we we all know the 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 fluff jobs that are done in novels, 
you know, of auto buyers. And I think we're seeing that in comics a bit now as well. People are showing their yeah. idealized yeah. social media face rather than the real them. And that's what yeah. I want to see. And a whilst, character. In, yeah, in exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of humor, I think what you're saying, Vince, as well, is humor plays a big part as well. I think yeah. showing the humor of something shows the humanity of it a lot of the time as well. Showing mm. yourself as ridiculous as we all are a lot of the time is a real yeah. big part of it. And that's why I think if you looked at them, you know, in, in a sort of empirical way at these two books, Tim's would probably be the better because it's better drawn, it's better printed, it looks nicer. But the actual honesty of it, I think I think I preferred Sean's, you know, mm. of the two of them. Yeah. Um, it's a funny one. I mean, I mean, I like to think we've all got a story, you know, we've all, we all could do it, but you've really got to reach inside yourself and, and write something honest, haven't you? Yeah. And there's, yeah. There's, there's actually absolute skill to it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. They're mine too. Uh, I think uh, that will dovetail nicely into my one. Yeah. Um, uh, there's 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 another uh, mention in there as well. They, both were the same career. Uh, Gareth Hopkins, our last week's guest, uh, friend of the show, um, creator of amazing sort of abstract books, etc. Um, as we were talking, I actually ordered a couple of books from him last week. Oh, good man. Um, first was Ghosts and Things. Oh, I got um, this. This is good. Yeah, yeah. By uh, Martha Hopkins and Gareth Hopkins. Yes, Gareth is the second name because Martha is the more important creator. Um, <laughs> and and that, that's a book about ghosts and the things that they're in. And it's by Martha and Gareth and Bill, but you only did two of them. Um, this book is hilarious. Wonderful start to it. It's, it's a lovely little art book. There's a certain, um, almost a children's book design to it, which I love. Like, you know, Ghost in a Book, Ghost in an Art Gallery. I like Ghost... the one you got sent through. Is it Ghost uh, in a Plane? Uh, that one made me laugh. He, <laughs> Gareth sent me a message and told me, oh, you know, your books are on the way. I put another drawing in there because I felt like I was just, um, it was a very cheap joke. Um, and I felt like, I did, I, and I think he was talking about the plane one because there's no ghost. There's just a plane in the distance. Every <laughs> time I look at that picture, it makes me laugh. So I've got extra value for money. Um, the other one I got is Ghost in the Subject Line of a Newly Opened Email. Um, that's the, <laughs> yeah. Ghost and Things, is it, it, that, to be honest, that could be a real branding thing for Gareth. But I can imagine, you know, pins and all kinds. It's so wonderful. But the one I wanted to sort of um, talk about, the other one, is, is a, The Bones of the Sea. Yeah. Um, which I also picked up, which from 2019 um, was from the collection Explosive Sweet Freezer Razors. As always, the best names ever, Gareth. Um, <laughs> but this is a um, a lovely uh, black and white, but a couple of splashes of different colour. Um, it's it's a real poem, but there's autobiographical natures to it. Um, and I totally, this is what I love about talking to creators. When Gareth was talking about reusing pages of other things to make other books. I look at his work in a different way now when I see these pages and I can see something that there's like slight printing, you know, errors or something. You can tell this is, these are pages from something else that he's then repurposed and turned into new art. And I love that because it adds a complete new layer um, to a creator's work that's already layered enough. Do you know what I mean? You just get lost in like, in like the ink and the lines and everything. And uh, yeah, and it's wonderfully hypnotic. There's something, there's a real techno organic quality to to the artwork of this one. Um, that I could I could stare at pages and my mind goes to different places. But the 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 dialogue itself, there's a real there's there's two things going on. 
Um, because the, the back of the, the back of the book says, "This is the booming and sullen doom that is to come. These are the bones of the sea." And I thought, "Oh, right, okay. I'm on board for some like you know real, real deep, deep poetic stuff." And certainly there is, because there's there's sort of like there's almost two tracks of the song playing at the same time. That's the way that this book reads, because um, you have these real sort of like almost gothic poems, like um, where he's talking about like literally bones of the sea, and like it almost it almost feels like like not just a sea, but almost like cosmic. It's so, so weird how, the, as I was reading it, it in my head it got bigger. That what I was reading got bigger, and I a lot of that is to do with G- Gareth's writing. Like, like here's just two box, two of the um, phrases from it. Here are the carcasses of monstrous worms expelled from the earth. Here are mazes of dried out marrow, once rich with blood and protein, and now just desiccated husks. You know that's a real. That's it's beautiful stuff, Marriage. and it's. <laughs> but <laughs> but also this book made me laugh out loud, as as well as going on like this. He's um there's moments where he's just he's talking about like he he's currently writing because he's waiting for his son to finish a poor performance art project. Uh, he don't know what it'll be, but when his son comes out, if he's had a good one, he'll tell him it tell him about it and and there's a real day-to-day nature of it and there was one line and the reason that i say that martha she's the real creative behemoth of the other family this is one page in amongst all of this you know these this large language and real beautiful gothic poetry the page i love best i make sandwiches for my children's lunches enough for the week i wrap them in foil and write their name on the foil in black marker. My daughter asks if she can write her own this week, and I hand her the marker. On each of her sandwiches, she draws a cartoon of a dead pig with the words, I'm ham, in a speech balloon. (laughs) (laughs) Martha's a genius and must be cherished. Um, No, uh, but... (laughs) This... I mean, the Bones of the Sea is just another example of like why I love Gareth's work, and it it strikes me because it's not. If I'm being totally honest, you know this this sort of work that when we started this show, I may not have got it, understood it. It's it's you know just it's hard to explain, isn't it, yeah. guys? That when you read Gareth's work, that it's sort of like you go from you know like normal TV to widescreen. Like your mind sort of does that as you're reading it. I think he's a witch and should be burned. There's an, <laughs> there's a, there's an interpretation with his work. Yeah. That you, you know, it's because I almost feel like as a as a reader, I'm taking part in the art somehow, which I think yeah. is an interesting. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think because he balances, especially with this story, because he balances the day to day nature of a life that you can totally understand with the other narrative that's going on, it's almost like it 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 breathes in and out like you're in it and you understand where it's coming from and then it gets epic and then it's then you're back to the real world and then it's out again like there's a real <laughs> there's a real in and out sort of flow to it and so yeah, i love it there's a bit in petrichor another great autobiographical oh, comic yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. when i think toward, in the last few chapters the art starts commenting on the text within the art in a weird back and forth way and yeah again it's this feeling but it's sort of 
almost coming alive. It's very strange. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, it almost it almost moves as you're looking at it. The art sometimes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have not picked up any of Gareth's work, people, or, or looked into it, seriously, get hold of some and like, yeah, if you see him at a convention, pick it up because it's you have to read it for yourself. This is the Matrix moment. You can't explain it. You got to see it for yourself and experience it. So that was before we start recording V. That <laughs> <laughs> people still know what I'm talking about. It's Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Matrix moment. Yeah. They won't. They won't know what you were talking about. Yeah, I was talking about yourself. sex act. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It is now your time to recommend something, Dan. Well, yeah, I was going through on uh, Comic House. Uh, proud sponsors of the ACP uh, and uh, reading through some titles. Uh, let me just quickly go back to my recent list. So I re I read uh, history of comics, 1977 uh, rebel rebel. Uh, that was awesome. The comic scene annual I, I briefly flicked through that. There's so much in that one. Uh, that's a new release on there. Uh, I read uh, atomic Hercules once again, because that's just such a fun read. It's really, really fun. I tried reading uh, Project New Wave, A New Wave, Volume 1, and kind of like didn't really click with me. So I went on to another one, and that was uh, Control, which uh, came out through Dynamite Entertainment. It's written by Andy Diggle and Angela Cruikshank, art by Ben Oliver and Andrea Mutti. And it's a story synopsis, Detective Sergeant Kate Burnham isn't making any friends in the Washington, D.C. Police Department. That makes her the perfect scapegoat when a uh, routine homicide investigation threatens to blow up a criminal conspiracy reaching the upper echelons of the D.C. power elite. Um, I've got, I think there's five issues in the trade I got for the first one, and I was absolutely fucking loving it. And I've, I've left it at the end of one to carry on. But it's really kind of grim, gritty, uh, art style's absolutely fantastic and spot on for kind of like the, the comic uh the cover is real interesting kind of uh, a black with a negative space white body and a photorealistic hands and face of this guy pointing a silenced pistol at the viewer while he's got several injuries uh it's a really lovely thing i'm i'm contemplating just buying the fucking trade as opposed to reading the rest on comic house because uh i was really impressed with what i read uh, from the first oh. issue i don't want to kind of give away the kind of uh, how it plays out but uh it feels really you know see, i've mentioned this before when you start reading a comic and then it, it grabs you and you feel like you're there and yeah it's like in a police station a, a gritty a grim and grimy sort of apartment building <clears throat> and up through the, the combination of the writing and the art you feel like you're on in the location with the others and sometimes you just don't get that at all with that it just like grabbed me and i'm i'm in there and i was really enjoying it so if you kind of like that kind of hard-boiled kind of uh crime kind of stuff uh control it might be a cup of tea i think it's a bit of a gem that one my uh second shout out tea is going to be for the never on anything the review around oh, thank you man uh, putin's russian uh, putin's russia the rise of a dictator you did a review of the the title and you make you make some really salient points. I was okay. kind of reading through it, and it, the comic is kind of a a, a, re, a retelling of kind of Putin's rise to power. Yeah, that it's kind of like um, biography of him, isn't it? Yeah, cross with a sort but, of uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I I sort of found you muse on this subject, but I found the the release of it uh, maybe in poor taste. 
worst I, game I in the world. I thought of you when I was writing it, man. So it's a book that has just come out through, I think, in America, Drawn and Quarterly, and in England, in Great Britain, sorry, Myriad. And it's, it's a big red-fronted graphic novel with a picture of Putin's face holding the, the earth in his hand, you know? Yeah. And I remember you saying to me, um, and being quite considered around it, I don't think I'm going to launch the next, next Viper because it involves the Russians being the villains in it. Yeah. Um, and you said, well, I'm going to put it back because there's a lot of people in pain around this. Yeah. And whilst books like this, which are, oh, honestly, I just found it a cheap cash-in, you know, um, a, a sort of badly traced infographic stroke comic of Putin's life. Um, just been front and center on some of the shelves. And, and there's a video of the, the creator honestly using the fact that he talks about the Crimea and Ukraine in the book as a selling point for it. I, I just found that I think people's mileage will differ on this, but I found it quite shameless, you know. Yeah, it, it comes across as quite crass to me. And yeah. when I look at the art, it does look like you've, you've gone over a photo and just drawn lines where the mouth and nose yeah. are. <coughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess, like you say, uh, mileage may vary, but I, I, I was... A fascinating review, and uh, thanks for Thank sort you, of bringing thanks it up. Yeah, uh, I've got a few DMs around that one now. It's quite nice for people. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you another thing that's shameless. Our love of comic books, and we hope you enjoyed this week's <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, nice one, B. Yeah. Fucking hell, we've gone long today. <laughs> Have we? Yeah. Have we? Nah. Well, half nine. We started before the half past, didn't we? I don't know. Did we? I don't know. Nick, what is time when we're yeah, having fun, eh? Yeah. Are you still there, Nick? I don't know what time it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've all got to go and have a Horlix and get tucked up in bed. So we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and everything. <laughs> Big day tomorrow, about. guys. There will be yeah. there will be a clickbaity um episode title for this one. And look forward to next week's episode. We're not gonna say any anything more about this, but till it uh, happens. Yeah, till it, it happens. happens. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. something something to look forward to next week as well. Um Yes, so there's going to be plenty of comics talk in the future. Don't worry about it. If there's anything in this episode you want us to elaborate on, talk more about. Um, if you've got any uh, comics events or charity drives, let's do. Yeah, let's use comics for good people. If you've got anything, anything you're raising money for. Um, yeah, yeah. Eamon's doing some good work on DUI. Speaking of charities, yeah. uh, excellent. Good stuff going yes. on around that. Yes. Yeah. So you can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail Follow us on Twitter at the awesome pod where we will be uh, shouting out, retweeting, talking about comics, etc. Stay tuned to that, because sometimes uh, we'll, we'll ask a question of you lovely people if you do the social medias. Uh, if you do uh, Facebook, go to facebook.com slash awesomecomicspodcast. Join the community group, Awesome Comics Talk. There's a great one, wonderful community of people on there just talking about comics and no hard selling. As well as on the Awesome Comics Podcast Slack channel. Yeah, it's going well. You remember, Nick, aren't you? It's a good, yeah, yeah. good place to be. Yep. So yeah. sign up, join up, and just just talk about comics with people that love love comics. It's very we're pro comics positivity here. Yeah, none of that bad mouthing shit. We we do that. We right. do that before we actually start recording. Yeah, this show. Yeah, we, yeah, we get yeah. we get all of that out. And well, we don't yeah. really. We just talk about weird sex things. <laughs> yes, oh. it's almost like a kind of. Uh... Let me stop you there, Dan. Let me stop you. There. No, let me stop you from one to the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's never schizophrenic if you go to awesomecomics.podbean.com, um, which is where you may have heard the show. If you heard us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a review. 
Um, helps the algorithm, whatever kind of rhythm you have. I heard it's a dancer. Can but... I just say something we've forgotten? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 29th, Friday, drink and draw. Be there or be square. This this Friday, when you listen to this podcast, Could you have waited until I'd finished this sign-off bit? No, Sorry, no, no, again. we've we forgotten. forgotten again. Yeah. It's the I drink want... and draw this Friday. Tom Curry will have the details at this chucklehead on Twitter. Uh, come along, drink, draw, or neither. Just hang out. Uh, and have a good time. Check for the link later on in the week. Sorry, Vince. What other networks are we on, Tony? Pod. And this is inspired by Nick, actually. Pod. A dark hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Thanks, Nick. I actually look forward to yeah. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I actually look forward to you writing that. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, collab on that, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you some real darkness. Oh, oh God. Lord. God, this may be the last time anyone <laughs> hears of Nick Bryan. <laughs> Cancels uh, his slack. Yeah. Um, but thank you for uh, joining us again, Nick. Where can people find you online in your books? Uh, com for the shop and the, some free comics and at NickMB on Twitter is where I mostly am online. Nice. Um, what about the rest of you, gents? Where can they find you? Tony. Uh, never on in, never on anything.com for all my stuff. Thank you. Nice. Dan. I just remember to thank <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. I should yeah. fucking just edit that bit out. That's what no. I should do. But I it's won't as good because... as our bit a few weeks ago when we were shouting I, I, Dan out. I won't be. Yeah, that made me laugh. Um, but you should check out Vanguard Comic because he's absolutely fucking yeah, smashing it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, some of the art you're putting into that at the moment, man. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. And Cheers, animated yeah, bits. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, I keep on this. This will be the week where I do two pages, I think. But like last week, I was laying a fucking floor and don't ever do that. That's well, you did send us quite a sexy picture of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he was genuinely laying a floor. That's not him using a euphemism, by the way. Yeah. Well, I wanted to do a, a pun about me walking around with a mastic gun and sort of like if anyone wants a, you know, ladies, mastic gun, etc. But it didn't really work out the joke. But I maybe should've... I'll put that photo up on the Patreon. So if you want to see me land sexy oh. on my freshly laid wood floor, <laughs> who wouldn't? Who I wouldn't, mean, wouldn't? I mean, it's Patreon. one of the higher tiers, but it's worth it. <laughs> Phone um, suddenly explodes into life as all these notifications yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. And you kicked off Patreon. Uh, you can find you can find me talking about sat in a laundrette. Uh, at just the Diablo on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We hope you have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics. Stay happy, healthy, and doing whatever you're doing. It's going to be a, a fun summer for comics, I think. Let's make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what was oh, that yeah. noise, Dan? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, it's that time of night that we're, we're going to say goodbye. So we'll see you next week. For more comics and fun, and from Dan, Tony, Nick, and myself, have a brilliant week. And as always, what should they do, guys? Stay awesome. awesome. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I can finally I'm just ha- I can finally just hang up the podcast in beats. We're done. No more episodes. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Not bye for good. It's no, 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 no. Just, just bye until next week. Bye. bye.